Okay, welcome back to Memento Mori session one. Um, we are almostly here. Nick and Kay are out on vacation. June's a weird month to, to traditionally for us, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, if you continue playing Passage here, Sarah, you'll learn, which you're going to clearly. Um, uh, but nonetheless, June is June and July is always a weird month anyway. Sarah's going to be out in July to take bar test. We'll have a few people out in mid June, so um, we may have to. We may still get together and play something, but we may. It'll probably be another three game sessions until we're all back together, like all six of us. But um, we're gonna work with it anyway. We're gonna start the game regardless, because as long as we have four people or more, we play. We got four, and um, this is a big one. This is a big new adventure. Um, uh, we're kind of dovetailing off what we spoke about last week. We'll be kind of, everybody kind of mentioned the one of the things they want to see in the new game, uh, which we will have in the game. And everyone made characters last week too. So if you haven't, for listeners, viewers, if you haven't watched it yet, you should, because it's session zero. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. thanks patrons. Yeah. Our high is brought to you by your patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they can see that. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the camera's been focused on Sarah the entire time. It really has. <laughs> you know, I have never had a Haichu before, and I will hold out until they sponsor. So, okay. only if. <laughs> oh, man. That just means more for Tim. That's <laughs> true. The hold on, back, I like Half that. the bag's going to be gone by the end of the session. It's mm. two and a half pounds. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding? I'm going to take that home just for your guys' health. <laughs> Impossible. Um, so, <clears throat> before we started recording pregame, we kind of talked about a little bit about um, some backgrounds of our characters. We don't need to talk about that yet. It's really just for your personal information. So, kind of hold on to those things. Um, we've given every player on the table a little strip of paper that basically says, you're from this neighborhood in the city. Um, this will probably come into play a little bit later on. Uh, for today's session, probably not. We're going to focus mostly on getting your characters to care about what's happening up front, which means we're going to do some story building together. Um, to me, this is one of the most important parts of a game is like getting players to care. And we're going to do kind of an, a light exercise in the middle of the game to kind of build some connection uh, to the story and the situation. Um, so with that being said... I think what we need to do is actually determine our coin pool. So everyone pick up a 1d6 die and roll it. If it's face 6, I start with the coin. If it's face 1 through 5, you all get it. Roll the 3. Okay, so we got one on my side. 3. So three. Four. Ah, boo! Okay, so you all start with 1, 2, 3, 4 coins. Boom! Okay, fine. So you get 4, four coin fortune to start with. And remember, you can use fortune throughout the game to reroll dice or to reroll failed tests, to gain action points in the middle of combat, and to do some other fun things you could fuel with fortune points as well. But of course, when you use that fortune point, you give it to me, and then I can use it. So, right now, the current score for coins is uh, there are four for players, and there is one for me. So I'm gonna put it right here on this little book so it doesn't make so much clattering noise. But um, use your coins, because they flow back and forth. If I use them, they go back to you. You use them, they go back to me. If you wouldn't mind, just move the high shoes, please. Thank you. All the crumbly stuff out there. Okay. So before we jump in, um, any... Like, okay, right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mike has all the food. 
<laughs> you're covering with a Zweihander logo with all your <laughs> no, uh, But yeah, if anyone wants any snacks. You're, you're ruining my branding. I'm sorry. This is a brand exercise. I'm trying to get sponsors. Yeah, by Skinny Pop, by High Chews, uh, yeah. by Beep. And uh, speaking of which, can I have a koozie, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Koozie. That's why like I put a, mine on down Sounds here. like a it's dirty word. Get me a koozie. Um, so before we start, are there any game mechanic questions you have about your character? Things we haven't covered yet? High-level questions you need answered about anything related to your character sheet before we <coughs> jump in. <coughs> and remember, you're not incumbent to know all the rules before we start a game. Um, in the case of Sarah, who is both new to our table and new to Zweihander, we've paired her up with Adam, who's going to be her, quote, battle buddy. Um, so they can't see you moving your mm -hmm. hand. If they look down below, right? Oh, no, you no, took away that no, mark. I took, I took away the, the panoramic view so we could see more of us. We're important, not the panorama. Um, but Adam is going to be Sarah's battle buddy, so if you have questions during combat, if it comes up, he'll be there. Otherwise, just post your questions to me. Um, I think that what we as a group, though, are going to do, like not Sarah, but we as a group, is we're going to curtail our table talk. And what table talk is, is like the high-level mechanics, like how do we optimize the situation, we should probably we should strive to talk about these things in character, right? So as opposed to saying, let's look at our character sheets and see who's the best person to navigate. Let's actually look at what you're strong at and let that be part of the interaction in the game. Um, we've played tests of Vyander and Flames of Freedom long enough that I think it's time that we just kind of sever the cord. We're not playtesting anything new technically in this. Wink, wink. Um, uh, no new mechanics, at least. So... Um, let's try to do our best with that if we can. Uh, beyond that, um, if there's no game stat questions and we've got our coins, let's roll initiative. So everybody pick up a 1d10 and add your initiative value to it and let Mike know the results. And your initiative value should be on your second sheet. And remember, just set your sheet side by side. Uh, no, that's, oh. that's a different sheet. That's a, your third or fourth, I think. For, no, it should be on the second. There this is your second oh, yeah. sheet. Yeah. So five plus six. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, be the, be the best way to kind of to settle, put your sheets, Sarah, is side by side, almost like a, like you're opening a book. So that you'll have all your stats in front of you you need in one time. Eleven. Yeah, eleven? She, she got eleven, too. Mm -hmm. oh. Who has a higher perception bonus? I have four. What do you have? Sarah. Three. Three. So, yeah, so we'll go Wilson, Wilson Thornton, uh -huh. and then Eaglestop, the Sarah's character. I go to 12. Oh, yeah. Chuckles. Oh, man. Chuckles just Chuckle broke rock. everything. <laughs> God, Chuckles. Right. So it goes me with a 15. And then 12, 11, 11. Just go around the table. No, that's nice. This is kind of like a, like this guy. Okay, that's great. Okay, well, I think um, if there's nothing, we've got initiative out of the way. We rolled for our coins. We clearly didn't have a last game session, so there's no recap to do. We're all at, we all have, we all bought up all of our skill ranks already. So we're halfway through basic tier. 
uh, for our characters, and you'll gain reward points as we play, obviously, as we go on, just like experience points. Uh, but I think we're just going to jump right into the story. And I was saying before we started recording, like, we would make this whole situation more immediate for those who understand and know the world, those who are new to it. This will be, this will be good for everybody, because this is a big reset for everyone. In some ways, we're kind of retconning things. Um, in the greater game world. But I think we'll just go ahead and, as all stories, they tend to start from the beginning. And that's where we're going to start. Okay. Uh, it's the year 250, Third Age. Fall has come. 28 days ago, the Eternal Night descended over Lockwood Forest in the city of Slaughter Pine. Nothing can pierce the impenetrable dome of darkness that surrounds the region and blocks out the sun, stars, and moon. Those who wander toward the edges of the eternal night find themselves lost in the dream, returning to back whence they came. The 5,000 souls who live in Slaughter Pine have been in a panic ever since. As people fight for resources and deal with a sunless and starless existence, those who dare to leave the city to venture into the Lockwood Forest and are lucky enough to return bring back tales of horrid, unnatural creatures stalking the woods. You all share a table in Big Cory's pub, a rowdy tavern known for its arm wrestling, boxing, and other athletic competitions. Patrons cheer and place bets around an actual hole in the floor, in the center of it, where that leads down to a basement where a shirtless, one-armed Dunnish woman uh, is um, boxing with a wiry, Airedane person of indeterminate gender. Big Corey Bernstein, who is your first NPC. I'll write down your card here. And... I believe that um, Sarah, you're maintaining characters, NPCs. Damn. Cool. So here's Big Corey on a card. So Big Corey Bernstein, <clears throat> the tavern's enormous half-dunnish proprietor, lets out a big laugh as they drop a pitcher of ale on your table. Big Corey shouts over their shoulder as they move to the next table from is from Isla. She says, thanks for coming, and she'll be right over. Here's your next NPC, the person you're here to meet. Isla, a slender, brown-skinned Aridane bartender, isn't displaying her usual smile. Her eyes sport the puffy redness of a person who's been crying for hours. Tears aren't normal for her, but then again, neither is the bandage on her head. Perhaps that's why she's asked you here to meet straight away. So what we can immediately establish is that all of Slaughter Pine and the surrounding forest of Lockwood is just in an eternal night. It's pitch black. No sun, no stars, no moon. And nobody knows how or why? No. Those who have wandered into the Lockwood Forest surrounding Slaughter Pine have just returned back with strange stories. They always seem to end up back on the trail they started. They have 
weird lucid dreams and nightmares. But by the time they come back, they speak of monsters in the woods. This happened 28 days ago, and the people have been living in the eternal night ever since. Imagine what how your characters would feel. Like, you would know the difference between day and night. You'd imagine that, like, fuel, lanterns, fire, candles, oil, would probably come at a premium over time. People may even be fighting over resources if nothing can grow without sunlight. And it's only 28 days in. That's what I was thinking. Food. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, though, here in Big Cory's pub, it's like nothing has changed. Or maybe people at this point have Kevin given in uh, to, the impenetrable, to the eternal night. This place is always rowdy, but it is unusually rowdy tonight. And as I mentioned before, Isla, your friend, Isla Grapevine is her full name. She has clearly been crying, just a big welt on the side of her head covered in a bandage. She's asked you here to join her, all of you. We probably need to figure out how you all know each other. Um, we've already got a list of names on our initiative. Um, so, who's the person at the top of initiative? Me. So, what's your character's name? My character's name is Lester Longarm Killjoy. In fact, we just read off your Madeline. We're up to Mad Love at the top of your character. You yeah. can start there. All right. All right. So my name is Lester Longarm Killjoy and have made my life as a blitzballer. I am an adult Aridane man and was born beneath the star of the Custodian. I am of a stocky build with a brown complexion and startling gray eyes with long textured brown hair. And broken teeth is probably the thing you've noticed most about my character, probably from his career. Uh, and my dooming is still waters run deep. Who's at the bottom of the initiative order? Well, that would be uh, Wilson. Wilson. No. Uh, I, I was higher than her. Oh, you were higher than her? Right. Okay, well then, sorry. Okay. Jeez, yeah. Man, already so, at your job. Uh, <laughs> right, so long arm. You owe something to Eaglesdov. Like some favor that may have saved your life, that may have bailed you out of a tough situation, told a lie for you, or some other favor. Between the two of you, what favor does he owe you, Eaglesdov? What happened? How do you two of you know each other? When he was getting close to losing a battle, I used my magic to help him win that battle. And the magic that I used was I was able to put a weapon back into his hand. Okay. That was knocked out of his hand. Okay. So mark on your character sheet that you owe Eagles Dov a favor. Um, whose name is directly below yours? Last uh, that would be Chuckles. Chuckles. You admire something about Chuckles, but we don't know what. What is it you admire about him? And how, if at all, do you express an admiration? Um, I would say that I'm impressed by his ability to not laugh at my dad jokes. <laughs> he just has this steely <laughs> demeanor. He just he, ne he just never cracks. That's good. That's that's. I think if Kay were here, she'd be counting the puns. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I'm going with these. Um, that's good. Um, <laughs> 
So clearly, like there, there's something that you can appreciate about, you know, in your case, Chuckles, Adam's character. There's something you can appreciate about um, about Lester, and it's that his he is full of humor, and you rarely crack. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so who is who is so? Let's move next to Chuckles. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chuckles, read your read your Mad Lab off for us. My moniker is Chuckles and have made my life as an apostle. I am an adult, sovereign male, and was born beneath the star of the custodian. I am of a stocky build with a light tan complexion, kindly blue eyes, and cropped straight auburn hair with a metal mask. My dooming is uh, do not push for more, otherwise you will get it. Okay. So, um, whose name is directly beneath Chuckles? Oh, ah, Wilson. Wilson. Uh, Wilson Thornton, so Tim's character. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson? Um, the three Wilsons. You owe something to Wilson. Wilson Thornton, what does Chuckles owe to you? What did you do? What does he owe you for? Did you save his life? Did you build him a tough situation? Tell a lie for him? Did you do some, some sort of like dark favor? <clears throat> I lied for him. What, what, what did you lie about? Who he really is. Does anyone know that he's Seabrin except for you? Maybe his best friend, but maybe not. Mm. Yeah, we could say that you two are the only that, that know. Well, hold on. Oh. I think this is interesting. Let's put a pin in that All right. for a moment. I don't know. How about that? Is it? I only know what he, I. You I only know, know between us. Okay. How about that? Yeah, we'll establish that. Okay. Okay. Um, that's good. Uh, so. Who's the who is the character before Chuckles? You? Yeah, I'm okay. above. I'm, yeah. yeah, we already established that. Okay, cool. So let's go next to the next step on the list. Who's below? Who's below Chuckles? Who's below Chuckles? Uh, that, that was that's Wilson. That's below okay. Chuckles. Okay, so Wilson Thornton, go ahead and read off your your Mad Lib if you would. Okay. My name is Wilson Thornton, and I have uh, made my life as a hedge knight. I'm an adult Aridane male. Was born under the star of the Crouching One. Uh, I am a, of a normal build, uh, with with a pale complexion, bright hazel eyes. Uh, no idea. Oh, nearly shaved, straight gray hair, um, with white. Uh, oh, sorry, um, with scarred. My skin is very scarred. That's right. Uh, my dooming is the shadows stalk hungrily. Okay. Um, Dog, he too owes you a favor for something that you did for him. What did you do for for Wilson Borden? That's different than what you did for. What's your profession? I'm a hedge knight. Okay. What you were running away from a battle. I don't believe this. What, huh? <laughs> you were running away from a battle with one of the shadow creatures that has showed up in the last, like, 28 days because you didn't know what that shadow creature was. And you were screaming for help. And so I stabbed a puppy and used that magic to make that shadow creature go back. Because in order for me to do big magic, I have to kill something innocent. 
So I had to stab a puppy in order to save you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, I see how welcome I am. <laughs> you thought I so yeah, your your character was saved, was brought back from the brink of death by Eagle's Dove, by some profane magic that only she can use. Maybe that magic is augmented during the Eternal Night. We'll find out. Ah. Uh, so you owe her a favor. Okay. So, but however, looking at Lester Longarm Killjoy, what's the number one thing you admire about him? Uh, he's a blitzball player, and I've watched him on the field. Okay. I was, I gambled on him. I've made money on him. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's filled my purse more than once. Yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. So. Uh, next, it brings us to Eaglesdorf, who's on the bottom of the initiative, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right? Okay, so who's at the top? You? Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, Eaglesdorf owes you a favor. Oh. We don't know, but 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 what is that favor? Like, what did you do for Eaglesdorf that doesn't necessarily it's a life debt, it's just she, she owes you something for something that you did hmm. for her. Um, let's see. Because I wanted it to be something Blitzball related. I want to say that either I used my popularity to maybe, uh, like, shelter some of her more unique personality <coughs> traits. Uh, so, like, anytime she draws attention to herself, I've, uh, like, drawn more attention to myself. Like, I'm here, and here's my trophy, and pay attention to me. Uh, so I think I've helped her kind of uh, keep her magic under wraps, maybe. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, uh, Eagles Dob, read off your Madlib for us. My name is Eagles Dob, and I have made my life as a cultist. I am, I am an adult, Aridane female, and was born beneath the star of the learner. I am a lean build with dark tan complexion, intense hazel eyes, and a headscarf, and I am branded on the neck. My dooming is the stars can lead you astray. Huh. Well, there's no stars. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're golden. Well. <laughs> yeah. Have they led you astray to this strange place? We're assuming you all are from the city of Slaughter Pine, by the way. In mm -hmm. fact, you all have neighborhoods where you're from, but... Um, there's something that you admire in particular. Who's the, who's the top of the initiative order? You weren't, no. There's something that you, too, admire about Chuckles. What is it? I admire that in our friendship, we don't talk about personal things. So I might not know where he's from or anything like that. But you two can sign with one another. You both have still signed the language. We can. Yeah. So is it pop? So I guess that kind of raises an interesting question. Like with Chuckles, would you have any inclination that maybe it's is he maybe using a bastardized version of still sign? Is it possible he's not really Siobhan? I wouldn't know. We don't talk about that personal stuff. Okay. So okay. maybe that's something that as we continue on together we get to know more about each other yeah maybe so that means in the story only wilson thornton in 
ultimately Sunthorn knows that Chuckles is Seahopran. Otherwise, he's a man in an iron mask. This is good. Okay. Okay. So now we have some personal connections between your characters. Favors are owed, things that you you um do about one another. As I mentioned before, this story actually begins inside Big Gory's pub. Um, and I like Grapevine, the woman you came here to meet with the bandage over her head and the eyes that are puffy from crying. Um, she's a bartender in her 20s. She's worked here at Big Cory's Pub for at least a decade. Um, though she's typically friendly and welcoming, Isla gets tough when the job requires it. She suffers no nonsense and regularly tosses out belligerent customers twice her size. Right? Uh, Isla lives in the Bargetown neighborhood, the neighborhood you're in right now, where she was born. Both of her parents were dockhands who passed away. Um... Isla is usually accompanied by a very well-behaved five-year-old mutt named Rufus. So that's what you know about Isla. That's your connection to her. Um, but I think uh, we need to kind of further cement you into Isla's life to make you really care about her and Slaughterpine since the story begins about her and ostensibly her dog Rufus. Um, Wilson Thornton, Isla gave you some advice that helped you fix a problem in your life. What was the problem? What was her advice? Now, putting you all on the spot. Gambling debts. Gambling debts, okay. What advice did she give you? Stop gambling, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on Lester? Yeah, no kidding. Uh... You said she's no nonsense, right? Yeah, that's right. That's but right. It was pointy enough to make me change because I got low. Yeah. Gambling on the blitz ball. That's right. Because you thought one time I would lose and I just never did. That's right. They, I kept going you against you, get, it. you went for the odds, you know. It, it's where the big money is. Exactly. So for so for chuckles, uh, Isla shares one of your hobbies. Mm. Uh, you often enjoy the hobby together outside of her work at Big Corey's Pub. What's that hobby? And you should, by the way, if you should, you should make if you if this if you have a connection to Isla, you should record this. Yeah. These are these are not things that I will remember. These are things for you. What's the hobby that that you you and Isla both enjoy? Bocce ball. Bocce ball. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Pick <laughs> something really random. Okay. Um, so let's move next to Eagles Dove. You do Isla's parents. Before they passed away, you made them a promise that relates to Isla's well-being. What's that promise? Hmm. Keep in mind, she's just probably a little bit younger than you. She's in her 20s. And is she heterosexual or homosexual? Uh, unknown. Or undefined. It's up to you. I promise to always look at her significant other with a very judgmental eye to make sure she wasn't getting involved with anyone that uh, her parents wouldn't have approved of. Oh, okay. So is it maybe like a big sister-little sister relationship? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. Um. <laughs> so um, let's let's go next to Lester Longarm, Killjoy. I love that name. Right. Um you're a frequent pub, you're a frequent um, customer at Big Cory's Pub, mm -hmm. and you have a special drink or food that you always order. Oh, Isla always makes sure it's ready before you ask and adds the special ingredient, or or you know that, that you always like. What's the order and what does she add? Um, 
I would say it's an order of chicken wings. Um, These are the peanut chicken wings. <laughs> right. Chicken wings. Yeah, it's like peanut chicken. chicken wings, and it's the secret sauce, you know, that she makes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no one else gets that sauce. I get that sauce. That's right. That's right. So be sure to write that down. That's it's the long arm sauce. Yeah. If you remember, I... The did, long arm special. The that's long right. Arm oh, special. yeah. If you, if you recall, um, I did mention that Isla is usually accompanied by a, a, a well-behaved five-year-old mutt named Rufus. Uh, Isla's dog, Rufus, is a mutt, a mix of any breeds. Starting around the table with Chuckles, what... What breed is that dog? What's one of the breeds? Chow. Chow. Uh, what about for you, Sarah? Um, Alaskan. What's called Alaskan Malamutes. Malamut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tim. The hound man. Hound dog. Okay. And then Mike. Let's go with uh, like a golden retriever. Golden retriever. <laughs> dog on the planet. <laughs> Well, uh, I've I've got I've got a picture to show you all, um, <laughs> because this is part of the world building stuff. Um, I once had a dog that was half of this breed. Look, half what? Everybody, here's Rufus. Oh, Rufus is Rufus. Cute. Rufus is on the camera. Yeah, that's right. Put Rufus there. So you see Rufus? That's that's the breed of dog. That's that's what Rufus is. Isla's dog. I want to wrestle with Rufus. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love that you asked more about Rufus because um, <laughs> the thing you should know about Rufus is that obviously knowing Isla well, like you would with any of your friends, you probably played with that dog. Oh yeah. Right. I definitely drop a ring, a wing for Rufus. That's right. That's right. So I think we'll actually start with you in that case. Um, you're always thinking Rufus tidbits of his favorite food. What is it? Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously the leg. Drummy, you know, yeah, uh, with uh, definitely slathered in the sauce. You know, I love it. Just drop it, and, yeah, just choose <laughs> So, uh, next to you, next to Wilson, uh, so w- with Wilson Thornton knowing Isla and knowing Rufus the dog, um, you gave a, the dog a toy, uh, when he was little that he absolutely loves. What's the toy, and where did you find it? Oh my gosh. I was hoping I was just feeding him beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's the toy that he that he plays with that you gave him? Uh, squeaky ball. Squeaky ball? Where, where'd you find it? Um, in the... Uh, did you find it? Did you buy it? At the mill. Did you make it? At the mill? Yeah. Which mill? The pool... Uh, wait, hold on. The Arbor Mill Company. Oh, the Arbor Mill Company. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um... So, with Eagle's Dob, Rufus enjoys when you play his favorite game with him. What's the game? I sometimes will make little balls of light, and much like a cat, he <laughs> bats at them when I put them on the ground, but they don't really exist. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, so for Chuckles, you get the, you get the tough one. Uh, Rufus never just seemed to be a big fan of yours. What do you do that he hates, and how does he react to show it? I <laughs> mean, I won't pet him. And he... so, time out. Uh, use the cup when you speak in character, but not when you're not speaking in character. So we can create that 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 audio divide. Sure, uh, I won't pet him. You want petting. Yeah, and he shows that by like trying to shove his face in between my hand and my lap, like if I have my hand on my lap and uh-huh. stuff like that. And I just simply like move my 
my hand away. Okay. Um, and he's even like gently nipped at me to mm-hmm. try and get my attention, and I and I finally looked down at at uh, the dog and just like uh, shoved it away. Like, yeah. Didn't didn't like hurt it, but just like uh-huh. pushed it away. <laughs> yeah. You all feel like you have a connection to Isla and her dog now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I feel very John Wick. Theme coming on here soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they killed her dog. <laughs> now we kill them. Could you pass me some Cheetos? Yes. So, um, I did. I did mention uh, that it's very busy in Big Corey's pub, um, and a few moments later, Isla sits down. Um, she's clearly got like her eyes are like I mentioned before. They're really puffy. She's been crying. This huge bloody bandage on the side of her head. And she, she she greets you with a weak smile. And she kind of begins to tell you why she asked all of you to meet here tonight out of all, pl- all times in the middle of impenetrable darkness outside, 28 days later. She kind of shakes her head and she says, uh, today when I woke up, I took Rufus on his morning walk. Well, I guess you can't really call it a morning walk anymore since the sun's not out, but you, you know what I mean, she says, her eyes darting back and forth. Anyways, while we were walking by Aramore's parlor, you know, the gambling hall across from the dockyards, it's an alley full of garbage that Rufus likes to smell next to the building. That's where it happened, and she kind of rubs her head. Two people with kerchiefs around their faces popped out of the shadows circling me. Only their eyes showed I think they were Airedane? Though they could be Siobran? Anyways, one held a pistol to me throat and the other bonked my head so hard I blacked out. When I came to, the ruffians were, were gone. And so was my person. But Rufus too. Please, I I need your help getting them back what miscreant would take a dog from, from a fair lady? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call me fair by any means, but God's only knows. I'll kind of look at her after the puppy experience that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know anything about these, about this disappearing puppy? It wasn't me. I didn't do anything to the dog because I love that dog. Okay. Yeah, you know. But what I want to know is why you? I cannot say. It seemed unusual. I mean, it's the same place I take Rufus for his Martin walks. She kind of trails off. Sniffing at garbage all silly-like as he's up to do in the alley. Any other distinguishing marks or uh, anything you remembered about them that she, help us? She looks dead-eyed and chuckles behind the iron mask as if perhaps perhaps she, maybe she knows your secret. I could have sworn the kerchiefs are their face. They must have been Siobhan. You know, they don't ever show their faces, she says. She says it jokingly because you know Isla, of course. The Siobhan never show their faces, but I don't think they were them. Their eyes were perfectly right set. They were hiding their mouths and their noses, as criminals are ought to do. I don't know why they chose me, but they took everything. 
my purse, my dog, my dignity. What was in your purse? <sighs> Twelve shilling at best. Hmm. I mean, it was a it was a big sum, but they wouldn't have known. But other than currency, was there anything else in your purse? Nay, she says sadly. Without saying anything, um, I take out uh, ten shilling and I place them on the table and I slide them over. Her eyes widen. Oh, please, Sarah, I can't take your cash. It's already left my hand. Well, I thank you. It wasn't necessary. She kind of looks at it, not quite reaching for it yet. Not quite extending her hand out to the gesture of kindness you've given her. She kind of waves over and Big Cory comes lumbering over. And Big Cory is this half Dunnish woman. A woman from the north with a big thick square jaw and her, her forehead jutting out. She looks like people call her an ogre behind her back. She is so damn big. And she's very vivacious and friendly. And she even has, her underbite is so terrible it almost makes her canines look like fangs. She brings over um, another round. As you've been, Big Cory's is like your place. This is like the Blarney Stone. This, this, is, this, this is the place oh, that you Blarney. all know. Cheers! That's right. <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. That's right. It's, it's Big, Big Cory's pub. Uh, yeah, Cory brings over um, another pitcher and she, she places her hand on... Um, Isla's shoulder and says Terrible what befell ye in a very thick husky gravelly voice Well fine Rufus she's uh, big Cory says patting Isla on the shoulder and turns away to attend to the many many people who are here populating big Cory's in the midst of this virtual apocalypse so this was just this morning more than his best one well, could account for. Uh, as the few uh, hours ago. <laughs> few hours ago, then. M- morning as we used to have. Before my shift, I uh, I took a rest upstairs before I started, so it would have been about four or five hours ago, I suppose. At this point, I Corey shakes her head. Ayla slept awfully late, but tis fine. When you look across the room, you can see this large grandfather clock. Uh, sorry, a water clock, my apologies. Uh, that has these kind of like glass globes filled with boiling, with bubbling water and vinegar and oil that powers the clock. It looks like it's currently uh, 12 in the afternoon. But looking at the windows, you couldn't tell. Everyone's something you'll see a light bobbing down the road in the darkness, but. It doesn't look like any midday sup you would have any twenty as of twenty-eight days ago. It's high noon. It's high noon. <laughs> well, Alright. Should we go check this place out? Yes, we can check out this alley. And see what we can find. I it's just 
Aramor's alley's not far from here. I can show you. Alright. It's the only thing I can think of. Maybe, uh, once we get there, you'll remember something else. She smiles kind of a bit. her head and be like, maybe not. Yeah, she <laughs> smiles a bit. Her eyes are bloodshot. She smiles a bit. <clears throat> I think I've got the concussion, she says. Oh. At some point, I'll have to make my way to Whiskey and Sawbones to get my noggin checked out, but I certainly can't stand by idle while Rufus is out there in the streets. And I couldn't ask you to go on my behalf without me, she says. You all, when she suggests this, the first thing that you see is her thin, willowy self. Unarmed. Sure, she talks a big game in big quarries because it's an actual civilized establishment. Well, uh, but the streets of Slaughter Pine, in the midst of the eternal night, as the people have come to call it, is she the best person to bring along? No. She places her little fist beside her like this. Maybe we should. Maybe you should stay here and help Corey. She looks. She looks busy. And you already slept in. Why don't you lose your job on top of your troubles? And your parents would never forgive me. If I let you come with us. She looks down a bit. Um, in this case, I would like for um, Wilson Thornton, I would like for you to roll a challenging leadership test. And do you have a skill rank in leadership? A little bubble beside leadership? No way. I do, and I can Sorry. help out. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, 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 the table talk. No. You don't? Okay. So make your test standard instead, because she'll be helping you, but not giving you an assist die. Okay, so... It's a standard leadership. So it's flip to fail if I don't have it, right? That's right. I, I have an asterisk next to it. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yeah, beside leadership? Wait, no, no. That's, no, no, that no, no. That's a specialized, it's a specialized skill. Wait, that's why. No, he was talking about it. The bubbles. Okay, no. Uh, not, yeah, I failed. No. No, no. I insist that I go. She stands up from the table. I know what you mean, Will. She looks at Eagle's Dom in the eye. But I can't stand idly by while some ruffians rolling people out in the street and poor Rufus. He'll know me if I call out for him, she says, in this kind of small voice. Like this, in this in this situation, equals now. This is when it really begins to kind of you begin to kind of. It's almost kind of like the big sister little sister relationship. Like you can kind of square down with her. She is helpless. Um, and, the, and like I mentioned before, eating big Corys or big Corys here and the other. She could talk a big game. Right, People will listen Corey. to her. She's been working here for a decade, and she's talked down some pretty rowdy patrons, as any as any person who works in a in a bar learns to do. You know, learns to manipulate them the right way or sometimes use force. But, once again, she just got rolled in the street less than eight hours ago. But she seems intent on going. You're not going. And the reason is, is you are hurt. You have a job to do here that you can't just walk away from. This place is packed right now. Listen. And I say so. <laughs> <laughs> you also need the money. Listen, you know me, I'm a team player. But if someone's hurt and then injured, they're more of a liability than an asset. It's time for you to sit on the bench and let us take care of this. <laughs> she, uh, she gives us some thought and consideration for a moment and 
I... You're right. I suppose. You're right, she says. She sits down, her shoulders slumping. She wipes away a tear from her eye. But if you're going to find Rufus, she reaches into her kind of sling bag and pulls out a <laughs> squeak toy and hands it to Wilson. You know he loves this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He hands it to you. She hands it to you. Isla hands it to you. Call his name. Maybe not you, Chuckles. But call his name uh, in Aramore Alley. Maybe he'll come running. Maybe he'll come running for the toy. I didn't have it at the time with me. It was just on a walk. So mark down uh, Rufus's squeaky toy on your sheet. Or I can make a card for it if you like. No, I think I can. Thank you. <laughs> it weighs one encumbrance. I'm just kidding. One encumbrance. <laughs> so you have Rufus's squeaky toy. Oh, I don't think I feel good. She says, kind of putting her head between her, her head, her head between her arms like this down on the table. Yeah. She takes a she takes a swig from the from whatever whatever big. Oh, what does Big Cory serve here that that's well known in Slaughterfine? Like, what's the drink of choice? Dunnish red Tink. ale. Mm. Uh, uh, I would say it's a dunkel. Either that or Tank Nine. Tank nine? Mm-hmm. Tank. That way you can drink it? Yeah. Yeah. So Dunnish Red Ale and that and Tank Tank Nine, which is the ninth cask. Uh, <laughs> a rare cask that's been only recently tapped. Named after a Dunnish rapper. Tank 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 Nine. Nine. It's named after a very famous minstrel. There you go. That's right. Uh, in fact, um, to give you all maybe a little bit more connection to uh, to the rest of of this of the story, um, <laughs> uh, there is um, someone that you all know um, in in this town. Tank Nine <laughs> uh, was the moniker of a minstrel at one point, um, who was a a, a, a well-known minstrel. Anyway, he passed away, but the foremost um, purveyor of um, entertainment in all Slaughter Pine is a person named Tilligan Aramore. Tilligan. What'd you say they were? They were an, an entertainer. Mm-hmm. To look at Aramore. Hi, she says. She takes a swig of the Dunnish Red. Eagle Scott, or, uh, I said, we need to, we need to get you to bed. Ugh. I need to take you upstairs and go to bed. So, I'm gonna grab her by the arm, lead her up the stairs, grab the ten shillings so mm-hmm. she has it with her on her nightstand so I will slowly walk her up the stairs as she stumbles and cries okay 
You sit her down in bed, and perhaps all of you have a conversation with Big Cory while you Eagle's dog takes Isla upstairs, clearly upset, distraught. I mean, she just got knocked over the fucking head. I mean, her head was... There was a lot of blood on that bandage. I'd give her advice, you know, as someone who's taken many concussions in my career, you know... Give her a mixture of this, that, and the other, and she'll be all right. Yeah, she she kind of scratches her head, not really sure what that concoction is. And in fact, unless you have a skill rank and heal, it may not necessarily be familiar to you either. I mean, it's yeah. just what I heard. It's just what you heard? Okay. And that's what they said they gave me. Um, no, that's good. You crack, you crack an egg and a, and a red ale, and uh, you mix it around, and then you drink it. That's what, that's that's what he tells Something me. like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it called? Oh, oh. The, the egg head uh, fixer. All of that, except you had a sprig of uh, um, black foam. I, I can't. I couldn't think of anything in the uh, um, trap. Big core is kind of nodding as you're trying to talk over all the sound in the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there's no minstrel playing, so there's no like whining of strings or banging of drums to drone everything up. But the sound is loud, and here you're like. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do have a rank and heal. Oh, good. That's good. Good. I don't have healing, but I have rumor, so that's what I heard. That's what they told me they gave me. That's right? what they told me. They told. That's what they told me they gave me. They, you know the one of your red elves with an egg in it. <laughs> you have quite the way with words. Yeah. So I think. Um, what we probably need to do is we need to actually establish another character that only who you would know. Um, someone who actually treats who actually treats your concussions. You specifically. I'm about to give you this person's name. Um, I'm tempted to say Dr. Drake because we always use a Dr. Drake. <laughs> it is not <laughs> Dr. Dr. Drake. Dr. Drake. <laughs> uh, you, this person's Dr. name Feeling is uh, Dr. Fela Guten. There you go, that guy. That was another one. It's Dr. Drake. Why not? Who's <laughs> also a gardener? He, he's like, and he grows beets. He's like Sid in Final Fantasy. He's in like everyone. Uh, beets by Dr. Drake. Yeah. Exactly. He proceeds in every town. Yeah, that's right. Um, so uh, this character runs a place <laughs> called the Whiskey and Sawbones, and you can put that on your sheet. Well, should we go uh, check this alleyway out? You no, know, it could be proximity and all. I mean. Down on their luck after gambling debts. I mean, I, I know. But you were here the whole time. Chuckles, that's not fair. You know, I gave it up months ago. <laughs> it's hard not to smile. <laughs> yeah, I think you're gonna gain a corruption for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So chuckles, you gain one corruption. It's yeah. Oh, I'm that all, one probably. I'm all that one probably yeah. stings. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm trying, damn it. Uh, I apologize. I was trying to. I mean, since since Long Arms retirement, I, I mean, I don't got anybody to bet against. My uh, my apologies. I was trying to make that a compliment. Uh, okay, 
Okay, yeah, it did not come out that way. It's it's fine, Chuckles. I know that. I was saying that it couldn't have been you. Ah, ah. Like, I hope much, it wouldn't be me. The whole time you've known Chuckles, he's not been good at like picking up on the the little things, the nuances of uh, like a lot of just. Well, you would know exactly why he's not that. Right. Yeah. That's okay. why I'm, I'm trying to drop yeah. the nuances of <laughs> the, the nuances of Aridane culture are lost right. on Shuckles. Right. Aridane, of course, being the culture of people who live within this area. And I'll just I'll just blame it on. Yeah, it's that God stuff you do. It's all right. None of you guys are humorous. That's true. We all die someday. Yeah. Yes, we will all die someday. Can we go? <laughs> To that dying, let's go. You and I have to fit. come back downstairs. Yeah. Oh, well. Z- yeah, so Eagle's Dove, you will you will lay her down in bed and tuck her in and place the coins inside the uh, the drawer of her of her nightstand and you lock the door from inside and close it. And you kind of move your way down the hallway of the f- creaky floorboards. You can hear the sounds of Big Cory's pub kind of coming from down below. And already... The fighters are the, the central floorboards of Ben Corey's pub have been removed, and the people are beginning to gather around the top of it because down in the basement is where the fight takes place. Um, they're already gathering, so the sounds are becoming more Pit. loud and raucous. That's right. It's your, it's your first night at Ben Corey's Fight Club. <laughs> you gotta fight. You gotta fight. Uh, so yeah, that one, that so one arm, that one arm dumbish woman is fighting that wiry, arrogant person of a determined gender in the basement as they remove the planks to look down and watch. And most people, most of the patrons gather around that, leaving you all to yourselves, Un, you know, without anybody nearby to talk to you, can leave yourselves. Once again, without people listening in, potentially. Um, are there any preparations you would like to make before leaving Big Cory's pub? Do we, do we know what we're getting ourselves into. Mm. Well, if there were at least two there, you join them, of course. Equals probably going to be more. Now, whether that pistol was actually loaded or not, hard to say. They definitely whacked her good. Yeah. You're gonna track them down. Well, we'll see. It's not much to go on. Two masks. You could be Aridane or Siobrin. <laughs> very yeah. different. Uh, <laughs> very different uh, in that. Um, does not tell me that she remembers well. What you all know of the Siobrin, and everyone knows this, Siobrin are a uh, very deadly group of people who live in the West. Um, they guard their borders uh, with violence, and no Aridane nor Northern Dunnish person has entered their realm and returned. Telltale. The Siabra are not... They, they, they just colloquially call the Siabra. Who knows if that's what they call themselves, if that's what other people call them. Um, but they live to the West. Like, leagues and leagues from here. Yeah. To see them anywhere nearby would be very unusual. Yeah, that's it doesn't, it doesn't even make any sense. So I, I think that whack on her head is... is, is, is it's really messing with her. But those who have seen the Siobhan on the Tell the Tale always say their faces are always covered... 
So, uh, anyone have any actual skills in tracking? For investigation? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a more hired muscle. Than, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Right? Uh, we can go, uh, I mean, go check out this place, see if they, maybe they're, you know, they, I think they would try to stock somewhere else. I'm good at navigation, so I can get us there. Well, I mean, if we need that to go across town, then, <laughs> then we're doing pretty poorly. One, one thing you've learned about, dark. one thing dark. that you have learned about um, living in Slaughter Pine as long as you have, um, and, and the place is aptly named because they literally clear cut the forest as far as the eye can see to build this city that it, that. Built this city on forest slaughter. That's right. They literally, they literally hewed, hewed most of the forest out of here to build a settlement initially for um, a copper mining, uh, a copper mining, a copper mine um, uh, that's run by the Pool South family, and then along with it came the. Is that right? What, what's the family? I'm sorry. What's the family that's on your surrogate hill? Your, your, your um, what's it say on there? Uh, pool mining co- operation. Yeah, the pool mining operation. My apologies. So the pool mining operation, uh, basically, kind of the pool family and then another family who you're not very f- intimately familiar with, but you know that they run like a number of sawmills out in the Lockwood. Um, the Arbor. The, the Arbor family. That's right. They built. They basically built this out of nothing. It started with a trading post and eventually grew up from around that. And 50 years later, it's now like a, a place of 500 souls. And before the eternal light fell, you could find your way practically anywhere in the city. But without light, and without seeing familiar features and being able to see further than what your light can cast in the dark, that makes things very, very difficult. Mm. Yeah, navigating Slaughter Pine, which is not built on a grid. Let's be clear. <laughs> Where you're at in Barge Town, it's mostly gravel roads in clapboard, laying over mud until it reaches the Brightwater River. Um, it's not easy to find your way around. To Eagles Dive Point, sure you know navigation, but how will you navigate without stars in the moon? All challenges you'll be able to figure out at some point once you head outside, but. The point stands, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yes, it will not be if, if it were if it were 29 days ago. You find your way across town. You're all from different parts of the neighborhood. You're all from different neighborhoods in in Slaughter Pine. But um, during the eternal night, all is cast into chaos. Oh, uh, never thought about it, but I guess we might need different skills to get across town. I have a lantern. It's a good thing to have. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. I, I say we strike it up and go, go check this alleyway. And Seems like your lantern's going to be the only light that we're going to be able to use. Well, probably need to stock up on some oil later on then. So will you leave... Uh Big Corey's pet, unless there's anything else you wish to do here. Uh, chuckles like 
looks as if he's making ready to leave, and and there's this like he he has this neck ruff on the table, and it looks very strange with the rest of the clothes that he wears. But he like grabs this neck ruff and puts it around his neck and fastens it, and it's hard to say what his face like looks what his face is looking like under the mask, but it's very strange that he just wears this neck ruff along with everything else that, that he's wearing. It's like he... Like a foppish neck ruff? Like, yes. Like a, like a Shakespearean yeah, neck Shakespearean ruff. Neck like ruff. the, the okay, big okay. kind of floofy thing around the top of your surcoat. Yeah. And just kind of like dusts it off and puffs it out. And I'm ready. Do uh, just out of curiosity, does he have like a mouth slit and nose slits and eye slits? Uh, just a, a mouth, like a, a pa- like pinholes Pattern. on the mouth. Yeah. What about for the eyes and the mouth? Um, yeah, you can see his eyes. Yeah. Okay. What color is that? Um, silver. Silver. Yeah. Okay. Wait, no, actually, it's written down right here. Yeah. Kindly blue. Kindly, Kindly blue eyes. Blue. So yeah, when you look across the way, um. Long arm. Is that right? Long arm? Yeah. Yeah, Lester long arm. Le- long arm. Whenever Killjoy, whenever you look across the way, it chuckles as you all have come to call him. Like, he looks like some kindly old man who's been trapped in a mask. Like, what what terrible crime do you think that Chuckles committed to be confined to an iron mask? Like, nobody else would know this. This is just something in the back of your head, long arm. Um, I think he was... Um someone of like a noble birth who uh, either did something really bad that like they couldn't kill him but they could like kill his identity mm-hmm. and so that's why he got this mask so he's he's some rich old bastard that did something bad and, you know but uh, he's got the mask and we'll see yeah what you think what you learned about Chuckles is despite his old age that you think he may be he's surprisingly virile that's one thing that you've, you've it being someone who's literally drafted from the plowshare and turned into a blitz baller mm-hmm. at the uh, at the behest of the Arbor family, mm-hmm. as you were part of the what's the name of your team? The Arbor what? Uh, Remember they are they are um, they're wood they're uh, foresters. Yeah. Foresters Lumber Company, the mm-hmm. Millwrights. Yeah, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Yeah, the Arbor Timberwolves. Okay, that's the name of your team. <laughs> Timberwolves. So you were a little drafted from the. Like a <laughs> it is from, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's, it's the monster. So write that down. We had our ups and downs. We had our ups and downs. So write that down. The name of your, your name of your team was the Arbor Timberwolves, and perhaps in what was the rival team from the Pool family, the Miners? Uh, it would be the Mamba, the Mambas. The Mamba. <laughs> I'm just going with rides from. Uh, <laughs> is a Mamba a type of snake that be found in a river? Mm, I think the. I think that's a. Let's go for something that makes sense in the world. In this world, how about uh, how about bird? What is it? What is it? The bird, the bird in the cage. What is the little bird in the cage? The canary, the canaries. The canaries. Well, there were the miners, fighting right? canaries, or yeah, uh, yeah, because there was a group of miners, right? They're miners, yeah, yeah they're yeah. miners. Yeah. Uh, you call it the the, the, fear, de- the, the dead canaries. The dead canaries. Ooh. Sure, like the dead canaries. Yeah, yeah, it'll work. The arbor, de- the dead canary, the arbor dead canaries. Every every blitzball team would be named after the merchant, uh, the merchant family who sponsored them. Like these 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 blitzballers, as they are called, were literally drawn out of the drawn out of a place called Sirga Fields, which is outside of Slaughter Pine. 
um, and they were drafted into teams to settle political scores, more or less. They're not like teams we may think about football as being like friendly rivalry. It's like these people are really used to exact revenge between squabbling merchant families. That's what a blitz baller does, and that's what Lester Longarm Killjoy was. So now we so now we know a little about what you think about chuckles, and you, we know a little bit more about well, your. F- they were originally just the canaries, but we beat them so many times they were just the dead canaries <laughs> by the time we were done with them. Mm-hmm. Even better. That's all right. It became They're the colloquially dead. known so, as the dead canaries. Uh, and yeah. As you all are, as you anything else you wish to do? I'm just going to sign to Chuckles and tell him that he looks pretentious with that. <laughs> <laughs> with so, feather. for everyone else, uh, one he thing that Eagles Dove and Chuckles, one thing you know about them is they, they communicate without using words. They use their hands to communicate, like, very complex thoughts uh, in the ways that neither of you can track. Oh, yeah, no. Like, it's like, but they have a, they have a private <laughs> kind of, try. a private... Kind of like what? what are they, what's, what's the language that's shared among like children? What are like they called? Twins or something? Yeah, like um, yeah, something like pig Latin. Pig Latin. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a it's a pagan style, some sort of, some sort of way that they can communicate very complex thoughts using only their hands. What? Yeah, like Lester gets it because he's used to his like football like lingo and codes and plays and stuff like that. He just has no idea what you're actually doing. Yeah. So but you're telling him you look completely. You look like a pretentious asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? You don't have to look like an asshole in order to do it. <laughs> I'm just trying to blend to blend in with everybody. You're failing at it. He <laughs> <laughs> takes the the neck <laughs> <laughs> uh, another reason uh, to love the Dragon Prince is one of the main characters, the main yeah, general. So like, good. Yeah. She speaks in sign language. They, they don't subtitle it. It's fucking brilliant. She oh, has an actual sign language. She has an interpreter. Yeah. She, she has an interpreter, but he doesn't interpret like the really critical moments with her, which is great. Yeah. So as you're Super as you're good. gathering to leave and you leave the neck rub in your pack, you hear uh, near the pit, of course. Uh, as would be as would be natural, uh, at the start of a fight at Big Cory's. Um, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Nothing right like Humble. that. It's the. So then, uh, <laughs> There's a fight in the pit. There's a fight in the basement. Oh god, that man has a family. <laughs> That's right. Did he just use a magic spear? <laughs> the woman won, by the way. Um, no, the fight continues on uh, as you head outside, uh, and it's it, it's this kind of alarming change as you light your lantern and you know that it's midday yet. You can hear the sounds of owls from the surrounding forest, the barking of dogs, the sound of crickets in the night. And as you look toward the sky, it is startlingly startlingly black. Like, imagine if you had all the lights shut off in your room with no light coming in, under the door, from around the windows, anything. And you open your eyes, it's pitch black save for your lantern and every once in a while you can see like a lamppost lit 
with like burning oil along the outside the the along this clapboard road you're standing on right in front of big cory's pit uh is this kind of muddy silty bank and old wooden boards have been warped by the bright water river which is not far from here um or just unused boards have been laying in the mud it's a clapboard road is how you would make your way through barge town neighborhood you know not far from here like if it was 29 days ago, you could look out from here beyond the buildings and you could see the masts of ships that would harbor inside the dockyards right off the Brightwater River. But, nay, not even twilight. No stars, no moon, just pitch black above you. It's very frightening. All of you need to attempt uh, challenging resolve tests upon this realization for the first night that you've been out, truly, since the Eternal Night fell over Lockwood. So challenging, um, you would look at, um, do, you know how to do, do you know how to conjugate difficulty ratings at this point, Sarah? No. Okay. Um, so if you could bring that one over here. See, I thought I was going to fail. I have like so a 32 chance. chance like resolve so. has yeah. the rank you do. <laughs> so then that would be yeah, at least it was a critical fail. Um, right? It's true. So yeah. that'd be 457. Mm -hmm. And I take a little paragraph. Um, so with challenging, that would also lower that total down to 47. Sure, where? On the sheet. Right, so, um, yeah, that would lower it back down to 47. Should go left to right. Oh, there it is. On your sheet. Um, challenging is minus 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. So whenever you do your math, you go left to right. You look at your primary attribute. You then look at if you have a skill rank or not. You look at if you have any peril penalties. Mm. And then you see what the difficulty rating is that I just gave you. And that determines your ultimate math for skill for dice rolls. Okay. Yeah. So, and then you want to roll the 47 or below. <clears throat> 47 or below? Mm -hmm. So you do this. Yeah, if you failed. But if, you're, if you failed in your dice match, be sure to say, I critically failed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or if, you're or if you succeed and you dice match, you say, I critically succeeded. Okay. Yeah. Um, so did anybody succeed? Uh, okay. These two did. Oh. We failed in the middle. Okay. Ooh. Uh, well, both of you are feeling a little bit stressed as you both gain three corruption uh, upon this. And you both also suffer, oh my god, nine peril. stays below that number, mm -hmm. you would move one step down this track. So you start off on unhindered. But now I'm in peril. Yeah. So basically, peril is your psychological damage. Right. Right? Yeah. Which will restore when you sleep, or if you take smelling salts. Um, but it will impact your ability to focus on the things you're good at. That's the best way to think about peril. Like, if your character has, and it's only for skills that you have skill ranks in, because it only, it only, you're removing skill ranks from skills that you have. So let's say, for instance, you have a skill rank in incantation. Yes. Okay, yeah. So if you get, become too, if you suffer so, enough peril, you may have to ignore that skill rank. Oh, you're, okay. And eventually you won't be able to succeed any skill test, because you'll be so either, either out of your mind, out of your wits, stressed out. Afraid, tired, exhausted. It, it's up to you to kind of determine how your character reacts to it. But that, but that track, that peril track, is basically the equivalent of 
when you suffer anything that's when you're if you're not being shot, stabbed, or caught on fire, it's tracked to peril, and it happens from mental stress, fear, terror, social anxiety, exhaustion, climbing, running, jumping. Okay. A variety of situations will will uh, track toward your peril threshold. Cool. So. Um, so. Did you did you mark down? Okay. I am also imperial. Yeah, and to be clear, your corruption, the corrupt, but the corruption value basically means I mentioned before, like typically it's like dilemmas or situations that are tough to kind of like work your way through. In this situation, that's like it's like you're having a deja vu moment, like you're you're kind of almost out of body for a moment. When you kind of look at the star, look at the sky, in the absence of stars, um, and it. And it, it's such a... It seems unreal. And you use dark magic. You use sorcery. You use, use dark dark magic. Uh, but this seems out of your, your... Even out of your sphere of understanding. It does not make sense, I guess. Any, any earthly sense, at least. What, what, what could have Slaughterpine and the people of the Lockwood Forest done to deserve such a terrible fate? You illuminate your lantern and you step outside. There are other people in the on the clapboard road. You can still hear the sounds of people laboring as best they can in the dark, as if it was daytime. It's really strange. The people of Slaughterpine have kind of tried to live out their life as best they can, despite the fact that the Eternal Line has fallen. But of course the fabric of society is slowly becoming unraveled. The Night Watch is clearly not patrolling in Bargetown now, which is really unusual. The Night Watch obviously struggle to patrol the entirety of the city, but now they're not even in the streets. It's been 28 days. All of what you would expect to see and, and assume in a city that's vibrant and alive and successful with a number of very rich merchant families, like his is almost drawn to a standstill. Not really quite you don't really quite know what to expect out here at all. Which makes this situation perhaps even more dangerous and perhaps that's why you suffered the peril. I'll leave it up to you to think about. Um, so you head outside. And um, the alley that she spoke of is a place called Aramore's Alley. It's a southern alley near Aramore's parlor, in fact, not far from here, um, but you will need to find your way there. So, um, who wants to lead the way there? I think Ecclesdav mentioned that you have navigation. Do you want to try to lead them there? Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's a, it's a cool, brisk fall day. If you could see the forest, you could probably see the leaves are beginning to change purple and blue and reading to fall to the ground in a few months. Are they still running the mill? Are they still chopping wood? Well, that's a great <coughs> question. We can address I mean, we it at some that? point. I mean, I yeah, mean, so yeah. you could have take a you take a beat. You wait a few heartbeats. Dun, 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 dun. And usually you could track the chopping of wood in the forest with the sound of your heart in your chest. You hear nothing. You're not even sure if the sawmills are running. 
Because typically, if you were just simply to listen in the city, you would hear the rhythmic sound of people chopping in the forest. What you can hear is you can, you can hear the rattling of the water wheels south of here. So you know where the Brightwater River is. The, the water wheels are constantly churning and running, um, in fact, throughout all hours of the day. I'm just going to mark on a sheet where you're actually at on the map. Because I have a city map I'm going to give to you all next week. And as you open up and explore areas in the city and surrounding area, I will update it for you. So, um, for now... Just curious about how much of this city we're going to burn down. <laughs> that's right. So, the... the, the, the this, I love burning cities. Now. That's right. The specific part of the city you're in isn't necessarily important, but I thought I'd give you maybe a little bit of a... A little kind of visual indication. I'll give you a copy of this map uh, next game session when I'm actually prepared. And what you'll do is you'll take the map, and as you explore areas, you'll actually put a little sticker over it as you discover it or rediscover it in this situation. But um, the map is, you know, it's uh, not too complex. But uh, there's a lot there's a lot to be found in Slaughter Pine. It's a fog of darkness. Yeah, actually, fog would be to your benefit because remember, fog disperses light. Mm -hmm. So you can have situations uh, in the middle of the night when it's actually brighter in the middle of the night than it is during the day. Because the, the light that's around it will disperse in the fog. Almost creating like an eerie kind of gloaming or twilight in the middle of Slaughter Pine. But for now, it's just pitch black during the day. Which seems very much at odds. Like, you expect during the night to be totally dark and during the day to be totally bright. But now it's like at night is when you can see, sometimes see the best in the mist. And at day you can't see at all. So yeah, it's a little bit jarring being out here. Who wants to lead the way to Aramore's Alley? Uh, I think she I was will. she okay. was gonna do navigation and I was gonna hold the lantern for her. Okay. Uh, now a, a lantern, um, just to be clear too, uh, casts um, near perfect light at some number of yards. Um, it's actually and, and you can see it doesn't it obviously doesn't reach around corners of buildings, um, but it no less makes the shadows long and strange. Um, and as you're walking along this yeah. clapboard road, you can hear the mud squeezing beneath the clapboards under from, with every step. Um, you could probably hear some of the dock workers perhaps calling out, doing whatever they're doing with no daylight. <laughs> you can't imagine any ships have come into harbor. You don't even know if ships can come up and down the river for that matter. Everybody who tries to leave says they come back and this from where they came from. You have no idea what's beyond the darkness, but nobody's coming 28 days. Nobody's came up the river. Nobody's gone down the river. Nope. Nobody, okay. So it's like no. an infinity river. Just, that's right. <laughs> well, nobody's tried to take. Nobody that you know of has tried to take the river. Nobody's been brave enough to do that yet. The Brightwater River is uh, runs pretty uh, swiftly. Just in general, it's a very broad, frothy white river during daylight hours, or what serves as daylight hours, but it's a pretty rough river, but um, it's where wood goes up and down. Um, you do know that about 25 years ago or so, the river actually started running backwards. So downriver is now upriver. Another unusual thing that's come to pass since the days of the last cataclysm, almost 25 years ago, the day the stars fell, and now this. 
Okay, so you're leading your way using navigation to go find Aramor's alley. I would like for you to roll a an an easy navigation test. Okay. Ecclestaff. All right. Go to intelligence because the navigation should be with intelligence. So I got forty plus ten. Mm-hmm. So I need to roll under fifty. Can I help her uh, since I'm using the lamp? To oh right, right. Uh, yeah. Do you have a skill rated find I do. navigation? Yeah. I never. Uh, which one is it? This okay. one. That one. Yeah. Uh, the good news is, is that, um... I think it's this way. Let me hold the lantern for you. It's a good thing that Wilson's helping you, because you can actually gain an assist die. So what you'll do is you'll roll all three of those dice together. Okay. And you'll select the best result. Oh. Yeah, so you're basically rolling... So if you look at the, look at the two dice, the three dice in your hand, mm-hmm. uh, you'll notice two of them have two numbers on it. Those are your yeah. tens dies. The other one's your units die. So choose the best of those tens die. The lowest is the best uh, when you roll. So. When he helps me, does it is it at any detriment? No, it's actually, that's why he gave you his dice, because when he helps you, you actually gain the advantage of his tens die in your hand. There is some disadvantage. There's more <laughs> chances you can critically fail or succeed. Right. Oh, but you okay. also have the chance of but the, the broader chance of succeeding more. Gotcha. Yeah. Assisted, right. di- assisted so rolls are good. So I need under 70. Is okay. That, mm-hmm. that considered gameplay talk? No, no, you're fine. No. Oh! 61. Yep. Nice. That's great. Success. Okay. Get out of here. Well, you, uh... <laughs> <laughs> didn't need your help. I didn't even need your help. You hurt. Um... <laughs> The, 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 the first thing that you kind of notice as you're kind of walking your way there, and it's not very far, it's maybe 10 minutes at best. The sour taste of garbage lingers in the air. Every once so often, um, bits of loose gravel crunch underneath your feet. Um, and tall buildings on either side of you kind of wind this way and that, funneling you down toward the alleys. Like, it's almost like the city was built to, like, trap you in its back alleys. The, you, stop, you stop recognizing where you're at. You're like, oh, those are, those are very tall tenement buildings. I have no idea what those are. So we're um, in Vegas. <laughs> where we don't know what the time of day is, and we're yeah. trapped here, and everything that's trying to stick our money. It's full, it's full of they're oxygenating the air. Mm-hmm. Everyone's dressed like absurd. Everyone smokes everywhere. No, um, uh, but you can, everyone's so often you hear this, the, muzzled, the, the muffled sounds of people talking, meat sizzling, and plates clattering. Like, you know you must be coming close to Aramore's parlor, which is a gambling hall that Wilson or sorry that Wilson Thornton spent a lot of time at. So for for your purposes, I'm gonna give you a card. Aramora's parlor. Write that down real quick here. So that's for Wilson Thornton. That's a place where you spent a lot of time gambling. Uh, you see that flickering lamplight struggle against the eternal night, um, struggling against the darkness. Like, the darkness is so all-encompassing. There's no real wind to be felt. It's just kind of cool air outside during the day, but it still seems to struggle against the dark. Um, there's rotting piles of food in the alley. There's ill-maintained gravel. There is a uh, the freshly painted outside of the towering gambling hall that you spent many many nights in, um, 
and uh, as you're kind of find your way to Aramor's Alley about ten minutes later, the, you notice that rats run over small hills of food waste, chittering excitingly in the darkness. Of course. Of course rats they are loving this. They are. The buffet um, is awesome. That's right. <laughs> So, um, so, I mean, services like trash and things like that are not happening, right? I mean, is that basically maintenance of the roads? None of this is able to continue. No. It's like all of this largesse that the two families have built in Slaughter Pine have come unraveled in less than two weeks. Or a month, rather. Yeah. There's 28 days in a month in this game world. So, yeah, in less than a month, 50 years this place has stood. And in less than 28 days, the fabric of civilization is coming unraveled. Before you're very early, it's in the darkness, places you can't see. Sometimes we're in places you can't see. Before you're very dark. That's right. 28 days later was pretty rough. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Waking up in that hospital room. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you actually, uh, Eccles, Eccles Dov, um, with the help of Wilson, you find your way to the place where um, Isla told you she was accosted, where she was where she was a, a smashing grab happened. Um, in the first thing that you notice, right inside that tight alleyway where you hear the echoes of the dogs all around you, there's a small puddle of blood staining the ground in the entrance of the alley where Isla described being attacked. And as you kind of look down this narrow alleyway, there's all this, this kind of this weird adjacent building, kind of actually halfway in the middle of the alley that's unoccupied. Like, this place looks fucking dangerous. And sure enough, you can find that stinky pile of trash that Rufus must have been scratching at because the rats are crawling all through it. And as you look up toward the top of the nearest building, you can see these tiny motes of light flashing from inside these panes of glass, probably three to four stories up. It must be some adjoining building near Alamore's parlor. But people are clearly within these tenement buildings. But this alleyway is dark and dim and unlit. What will you all do? Should we, uh... should go in. If we go, one of the guys had a gun, right? He did. He had a pistol, I think. If we walk down this alleyway, the we can only go two ways. We get stuck in the alleyway. If they shoot at us, we have nowhere to run and nowhere to duck or hide. Let, let me worry about that. But we'll be fine. There's what are you? Four what are you, of us and two of them. What are you carrying? Is that a curiosity? <clears throat> uh, mortuary sword. I have to do that. That's how old I am, guys. Uh-huh. A mortuary sword and, <laughs> and uh, my trusty wooden shoe. Oh wow! So you're like fucking for real armored up too. You got brigandine. Yeah. Yeah. So equals job t- from 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 your perspective, like Wilson Thornton looks like he's like he was a perhaps a well landed knight, but judging by the distressed parts of the armor, the lack of a heraldic figure on his shield, um, just the general kind of weather-wornness that he is, you strongly suspect he was never knighted. Mm. And perhaps out of all of you, he is the only one that actually 
has like an instrument of combat on his waist, right? Does anybody else carry any weapons? Not, uh, the gun show over uh, here. Right? Not, not any like martial weapons at all. No. I think about rock. It's the nuclear weapon. That's <laughs> lying in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I slide on some knuckle okay. dusters. That's yeah. okay. What about you, Kulstav? Knuckle duster. That's all I got. So lantern in the opposite hand. Are you left or right handed? You know, I am a dexterous. Okay, so uh, either, either, okay. either okay. or. <laughs> all right. Well, let's be specific. Which hand do you want to hold the lantern in? Okay, so I will hold the lantern in my left hand. Okay. And left I will hold. Hand path. <laughs> I will hold my walking cane in the right hand. You're a pimp stick. Yeah. <laughs> Use for crack a lack and fucking slaughter pie. <laughs> uh, with your walking cane, um, what's on the end of it? What's carved into the wood? What would we see if we were if we were watching a movie and pretend that mm-hmm. the camera's positioned at the very end of the alleyway and we were looking directly at you with the lantern in one hand and the walking cane? What would we see on the end of it? You would see a compass with a star in the middle of it, because my dooming is the stars can lead you astray. So, oh, I good. keep the star under my control with my compass, That's so good. it won't lead me astray. Okay, go ahead and put a compass on your character sheet if you would. I like that. You, you embrace your dooming. Mm-hmm. I do. Mason in a jar. Mm-hmm. And Mason in a jar. <laughs> so, who wants to lead the? So, that, is it fair to? Is it safe to assume then, uh, Wilson, because you have a sword and shield, you're going to? I'll go. Go yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, in this area, you said that there are, that's there's, nice. there's one side that's the the parlor, the bedding parlor, mm-hmm. and there's the other side that had the tenant buildings. And yeah. Some lights. Yeah. Okay. So. um should we talk to those people? Yeah, I think we talk to those people. I think so, too. There's a ruckus. Someone had to hear something. I would think. Hopefully they saw something. Well, I want to check the alleyway. They out probably first. saw something. Whether they say they saw something, that'll take a bit more convincing. You don't notice any doors in this alley. Uh, that's what I was hoping. There would be doors in the alley that would go up to the tenements. At least here. And, and there's, there's no fire escapes or anything like that, right? <laughs> no. There's no fire. You do, you do. Now, I will say that every building, whether it be a tenement, apartment, or um, wood or stone building, most are outfitted with wooden and metal gutters. Um, but uh, they too have fallen into disrepair because the caulkers are clearly not working either. Caulkers aren't crawling on top of roofs to fix shale and shingle or even fix broken wooden gutters from the downpour of fall rains or. When they when they tend to get uh, cluttered with dead leaves, like there's caulkers and chimney sweeps are not working in the darkness. Well, let's see if we can't find an entrance to that place. All right. And then, if we can't find an entrance through the alley, we'll go around to the other side. We might just want to check out, and I'll knock on the wall. <laughs> My old stomping grounds. We'll leave that for a second for your sake. Appreciate it. So you're leading your way down the alley? Yep. Okay. Uh, whenever Wilson Thornton walks down the alley, um, chuckles, uh, you do notice he has a pronounced limp. 
Like, he suffered some terrible moral injury. What was that mortal injury? Uh, chuckles or uh, you, Adam? What was that mortal injury that Wilson Thornton suffered? Uh, it was probably uh, something where he used to have a horse, um, but the horse uh, stepped on his ankle, and uh, um, he decided to not keep that horse because he was angry at it is it a pretty pronounced limp in your case Wilson what do you think uh, for, for Tim, Tim what do you think about for your character sure okay so is it kind of like um, that picture from Carnival with like the leather straps yeah is it something like that but you can still hoof it as you need right He's not, he's not actually, and to keep in mind, he's actually having a suffering or drawback from this. This is just kind of a, an affectation that you all would know about, or that you would notice about Wilson. Maybe he's not told you why. Just hurts when it rains. It's good. When it gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> you are yeah. a man. <laughs> so, as you see Thornton, kind of, he's kind of walking with that pronounced limp when it gets cold in the fall or when it rains because the ground is wet. God, the smell of trash is overpowering in this alley. It is bad. Um, and it is very dark in here. Uh, you can walk two by two. Uh, in the, it's not too narrow to pass through. You would imagine that it'd be tough for like a horse cart to get through here. Um, uh, anything larger than the horse cart, I should say. But it'd be a narrow fit. Um, as you're making your way through. And the alley actually kind of splits off both and you can see boxes and crates and old smashed up barrels and piles of refuse and night soil that's been thrown into the street at the windows from above do you think you go down the left out of the right alley this is split around a building that looks completely abandoned you're looking toward this black well it was black before but it's now kind of gray crumbling um, uh, excuse me, gray crumbling stucco building that looks like it hasn't been occupied in years. Excuse me, years. No light coming from where the windows once were. The door is just broken off its hinges. Which way is and either way, the alley kind of goes either way. What's Which way is the way away from the gam gambling parlor? Because we're going to check out that second. Oh, uh, that would be the left Hand. We were gonna go left. Yeah. We already decided this. The left, yeah, the left-hand alley is the one furthest away from Aramore's parlor. Yep. yep. We're gonna check out Aramore's second, so we'll go left around this thing. Okay. Um, you you walk around the alley, and the light's coming from behind you, Wilson. Um, remember, um, Eccles Dov. He won't say Ezekiel, but Eccles Dov is behind you with the lantern. Um. And, and the good thing is you have you have some hours left on this pot of oil, but it'll only last you for so long. You'll leave it outside for about a half hour at this point. Nothing too much to worry about yet. Uh, but the sounds of dogs like continue. Um, oh wait, squeeze it. Yeah. What's that? Uh, the toy. We put toys. away your shield or your sword. Oh, I didn't have my shield out. I mean, oh, just your sword. Just, just my sword. Yeah. Just, what handed are you? Left handed or right handed? Shit, I don't know. Um, normal handed? What is that for you, though? <laughs> What's that for Wilson? That's what, that was my joke. Cause, oh, I see. Yeah. 
I don't know. Uh, I'm right-handed. Maybe right-handed. Let's see. Okay. So with the left hand, you. <laughs> what do you call out? Rusty or what's this? Rufus? <laughs> Rufus. Rusty. Rufus. <laughs> press A for Rufus. Rufus. Um, you 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 press A for Rufus. <laughs> squeaking the straight, squeaking the hilarious squeaky toy for the dog in the middle of this crumbling medieval alleyway. Um, and I need all of you. Uh, to make challenging eavesdrop tests to see if anybody hears something. Eavesdrops beneath perception. Squeak, squeak. I'm hearing really well. Minus 10, 33. That'll do by one. Nice. Take it. Oh, nice. 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 Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's uh, 12. Cool. Oh, something told. Longarm doesn't hear this. What's Longarm doing? Like, why doesn't he hear something? Um, I mean, he's one that, um, I mean, from his um, days as being a thrower. Yeah. You know, he's always got his eyes on the peripheries, right? Because he's waiting for that blitz to come. Uh-huh. So that's what he's doing. So he's kind of, because, I mean... This lady already got jumped once, so he wants to make sure that we don't get jumped. Yeah. So he's not listening, he's keeping his eyes open. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So, um... The, uh, the sounds of the night kind of are a little quieter here in the alley, and for a moment... All of you could swear. You can feel the bass. You swear for a moment at the darkness near that ruined building with the, the door that's missing and the windows that have been busted out for God knows how long. That separates both alleys right down the middle like, like a dark black knife. You can hear this coughing. A light coughing coming from someone in the darkness. And right behind where all these discarded, broken barrels are, you see this figure. This figure in the shadows. I, uh, hold my finger up to the mask, and I look over at Eagle Stop, and I, and I sign, that looks pretentious, like it doesn't belong. <laughs> 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 and then I say, if only we had your neck scarf. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just gonna be like. <laughs> and he puts his his finger back up over the uh, over the mask, and then he points two fingers in the direction that the figure is in. I'll do. I'm trying to like be like them. <laughs> <laughs> He's swinging his sword like this. I look over and chuckle, and I'm like, "This guy, <laughs> <laughs> this knave." <laughs> and then I just nod up and down. All right. Well, I'm gonna take that as 
Hey! Come out of the shadows right now. <laughs> you hear this kind of faint voice as uh, this young, frail looking woman wearing would be best described as a loose leather shirt, tight little brown pants, a big old belt buckle, like that must be made of like beaten copper and tin that looks uh, too ostentatious and so gaudy looking. And of course around her throat, this loose, long, unattended to cotton scarf and a little skull cap. She says, Oi, forgive me, I'm just a little... She looks over and grabs a, 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 her, her bottle of whatever she was drinking. A little bit lost and a bit deep in me cups. All sixes and sevens, was it? Yeah, all sixes. I'm all sixes and sevens, knaves, she says. Uh, okay. Oh, just me. Have you seen a dog? <laughs> I, I don't see no dog around near his parts. She kind of wanders into the light, kind of holding her hand in front of her, and she's stumbling around. Is she, I mean, does she look like she belongs down here? Yeah. Or is, like you said, the, the belt buckle's, like, ostentatious, like, nice and it looks, expensive? It and looks... It looks really gaudy. Imagine like some like, imagine somebody who was lowborn who got their hands on like a handful of shilling and bought something that. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you know, like what happens with a twelve year old when you give them a thousand dollars and tell them to dress themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they buy the most, most ridiculous shit. No, her her around her waist. Like I said, she's wearing these like leather pants in this in the in the in this in this kind of like sun bleached leather shirt. Um, with a short cape, and the sleeves are rolled up. They're tied up with tassels. And it looks like she's probably from... You would guess that she's from this neighborhood called the Dregs. It's like a really... It's not, it's not a poor neighborhood. It's a poor neighborhood. Right. But um, but she's got this... Literally this big, gaudy belt buckle of what looks like the face of a rat with little iron whiskers off of it too like imagine somebody at the Ren Fair at the worst belt you've ever seen that's what she's wearing yeah oh yeah oh just don't mind me I'm on sixes and sevens I'm just trying to find my way home she's kind of looking around the alley well there was a young no light there was a young lady attacked here earlier today have you heard anything about that today she says day (laughs) a few hours ago this whole day-night thing is not getting any funnier to me. She she cracks a smile. Oi, mate, couldn't tell day from night anyway. She she shakes the bottle a bit. Been at this a bit for a wee number of hours. She drinks. So, have you heard anything about this? her while she's you know, okay. talking about this. Okay. Seeing if she's sus at any point. <laughs> is, is, is this woman sus? I ain't seen nothing, she says. I just hear I found my way over here. I quite embarrassed to say. I think I passed out over there. You probably smell me vomit. 
The smell of garbage is all around you. If there was vomit there, you wouldn't smell it over the garbage unless you really went behind the barrels to look. I inhale loudly. I don't, um, I don't, uh, I don't do well with this type of situation. It, young woman, just tell us, were you here five hours ago or not? <laughs> no. No. Of course I don't think so. No, of course not, she says. What well, time is it anyway? Do, right, you, do, you, do, do you got a pocket watch? Where were you coming from then? <laughs> oh, I was on the edge of Bargetown with the with the dockyard. The dockyard boys. Dockyard boys. Do we know? So she's got the symbol on her belt. Do we know? Is it like a family symbol? Like, do we know? what it stands for. No, it just looks like the most god-awful, ostentatious belt buckle you've ever seen. That's a nice belt you have. <laughs> I have a color that matches it. <laughs> Tell uh, me about that belt. Boy, this, she says, kind of pulling it up like this, and as she does that, you can see the sheath of a knife kind of jingle-jangle at one side beneath her cape that you didn't notice before. Wouldn't be uncommon to find people carrying around knives. I mean, that's what you use to cut your food with. Right. Oh, this one right here. And this side did. What an awful fella in um. Airmore's parlor. Hmm. Fair bet. Or no. Big Cory's pit. It was a fight between. Nevik the Yoga and uh. Trent Resnick. That's right. Trent Resnick and Nevik the Yoga. One at Fan Square, I did. Trent, Trent's a mis. Um, he's a. No, he plays the music. He doesn't fight. That's Silligan. Damn it. You're, you're not supposed to talk yet. No. <laughs> Good cop, bad cop does not work so that sorry. way. Sorry. <laughs> As I ended up saying this out loud. Yeah. Yeah, so to be so one one quick clarification uh, to distinguish between in character talk and table no, talk. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this out yeah, loud. Yeah, right? so if you if there's a moment where you want to ensure that what you're saying out loud is not in character, just hold your fingers up like this and twist them over one another. Like that's what you would be like this, like to just to ensure that the interaction, the things that you say aren't actually being heard by the NPC. So I'm saying that's Tilligan. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you already said it. It's fine. We're, we're, yeah, we're going. We're rolling. No, with it. To be fair, Sarah didn't know. So that's right. Um, I get. I get to do this now. It's still like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> I'll just uh be making me way on by. She says, kind of lowering her her belt, and she takes the bottle and kind of holds it close, and she walks by and just happens to be that Lester Longarm Killjoy is close enough to smell her breath. Roll a scrutinized test. This will be routine. Routine. Alright. It's going to be a 43. And that is a 60, so that's a failure. Okay. You want to re-roll? We got four coins. Sure, guys. Try it. I mean, try it. I mean, we haven't used the coin yet. I've got coin. Misfortune. And I rolled a 26 success. Okay. There's no booze on her breath. She seems to be... Just seem to be stumbling over the loose gravel or clapboard that's around her. She's not drunk. She's just trying to tell a big tale to get the fuck out of here. 
Not whether that means she's guilty or not is up to you. But she's right beside you right now. Will you do anything? Will you just let her pass? Guilty. Woman, do is I'm going to stick an iron man out the wall and go, Can I have a drink? <laughs> as he, as Longarm does so, she, you in slow motion, you hear the glass bottle, the clay bottle shatter on the ground as she kind of goes underneath him and tries to go underneath of his arm trying to escape <laughs> so we're going to make an opposed test okay. this will be my coordination versus your coordination whoever gets the highest degrees wins treat it as if it's trivial alright trivial 77 press 8 for slow motion 68 uh, I got a roll of 25 and I have a value of 2 plus 4 so I have 6 degrees of success alright so it's the first number or the second number it's your tens die. The tens. So I rolled a sixty-eight, which is a success. <laughs> and uh, I have a three agility. Oh yeah, so three plus six is nine, and you beat my you beat my uh, six. So in an opposed test, um, some tests actually you calculate degrees of success. We'll talk about that if it happens with your character. But otherwise, you can read about it in the player's handbook to understand how that works, Sarah. But I just let Dan do the math. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, not this game. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. Damn it. Damn it. No, you're going to have to learn. Um, I've always so just done this. As, uh, as, uh, do, the, do the maths. Maths. Make, maths, make maths, me. maths. Math me. Make maths happen. <laughs> you have to um, ask me, I succeeded. That's right. So, in slow motion, she's ready to go underneath the Lester Longarm's arm. And how would we see this? Lester Longarm Killjoy being a field blitzball player. You were a thrower? I was a thrower. What what do we see? So what do you see? The camera's on you. What are we what are we seeing as moviegoers? So you see her like trying to duck under, and what he does is he just grabs the collar and just horse like throws her like in front of him onto the ground. It's like horse collar. Boom. Yeah, that's good. So over the knee she goes kind of scattering she goes on the ground her arms and legs and feet she's prone arms and legs out and you see this you hear this kind of sliding sound as within the flash of the lantern light is this narrow screw pistol and the screw pistol is basically like a flintlock pistol uh that has uh, a striker that would you would it still requires a fuse to be lit, but the pistol barrel's screwed on the end. It's about, and the screw pistol's actually not screwed in right now. The barrel's not screwed in, but the pistol goes skittering across the gravel. And she says, Oh shit. I think we need to talk more. <laughs> what do you want to do? How close is that pistol? Uh, it's near Chapels. Chuckles, pick that up. It's my turn. Or we're not in combat. Yeah, we're right. oh, we're not in combat. She said, "Oh shit!" Basically. Oh, okay. And yeah, Chuckles bends over and picks it up. So, young lady, where's the dog? She, she says, "Uh, uh, uh." She starts scrambling, like reaching underneath of her shirt. <laughs> I'll go. I'll just point the sword right where her hands are moving. Okay. Where's the dog? 
before I get very angry with you. She says, uh, 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 I, 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 go ahead and roll an intimidate test. Uh, this test is, uh, routine. Intimidate, intimidate, intimidate. It's okay. a routine. Okay. Or interrogation, it's up to you. Uh, so 69%. Oh, I just rolled two Fifth. of the, sorry. 35. Good. Okay. Thumbs up, soldier. Uh, 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 she, you see her pull out this, like, long wooden whistle that maybe is a dog whistle? Will you let her blow it? No. Okay. So, uh, if you want to spin a coin, you can actually sever it from her neck. Okay. Did I do that? Okay. Um, so you snick, you take the sword, and you just kind of loosen it for her, you kind of cut it from her neck and it slides down to the ground. Ho, 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 ho! Uh, parlay, she says. Pa, parlay! There'll be no parlay now that you've lied to me. I, I'm not lying. I'm Where just trying to protect myself. Where is goddamn uh, dog? I've had a bad day. <laughs> I just want the dog and I want the young lady's purse back. Look, look, I, 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 you see this right here? I'm a river rat, okay? She says, holding up the belt. A river rat, right? And, uh, 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 we've been capturing dogs for a, a very special client. And he keeps the canines in the, in, 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 in the storage room. In, uh, 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 Aramore's parlor, he says, she says. I, I, I don't know who the, uh, yeah, she says. Were you tasked with gathering, like, 101 of them? <laughs> she, she. Sounds pretty <clears throat> cruel to me. She, she cocks an eyebrow and sure how to answer that. All right. Let's 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 figure this out. You're saying that the dogs are in Aramore's parlor in a room, in a storage room. Uh, it, dogs as in plural. You're stealing people's dogs. It, yeah, she says. I know it seems strange, she says, but uh 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 we 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 get a shilling a a, 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 a dog. And you also got. The shillings from the purse. You don't have to go any further. We don't. We, 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 we don't. I mean. You took the purse. There were 20. No, there were three of us, she says. 20 shilling. It, it, she, I, I, I can't. Look, she says, kind of trying to like, try, trying to like, trying to like. Can I stand up, please? Can no. I just kill my feet? No, you cannot. She kind of scoots back a little bit. Nope, I'll scoot forward. <laughs> Where's your purse? My, my, my purse. It's your right, it's purse before I cut it off of you. It's right here. She looks down <laughs> to her left leg, and you can see that underneath the, the leather pant, there's clearly like a purse that's attached to a string on her belt loop that she would stuff into her pant leg. You know, so no one takes it or tries to nick it in the street. In the dock, that is. So what were you actually doing back here? Are you waiting for somebody else? It, the door... The, the kitchen doors, uh, she kind of, she urges, she she kind of nods toward the right other alleyway behind this building. Uh, that's where we, we bring him in. Perfect. We're going to act like we have another dog. Bring dogs into the kitchen. No, no, we bring it to a, a, a man at the, at the door. Look, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a foot soldier, she says. I, I'm, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm Shelly Thack. Maybe, maybe we can be friends, she says. Oh, why don't you pull your purse out and do it real slow? Toss it over to, uh, Longarm. 
Shelly Thack. She told you her name, so I'll give it to you. I'm, I'm, I'm Shelly Thack. Come on, we can we can be friends here. There's, there's no need for violence. River rat, I think is what they... Yeah. Uh, she says, okay, I'm just gonna take... I'm gonna take me hand, and I'm, I do got a nasty wound on my wrist, so I'm, it's gonna take me a bit to fish out. Mm-hmm. Okay? So she kind of reaches down. I, I'm, I'm gonna un, I'm gonna undo me belt buckle. Let me see your wrist. She she lifts it up, and you can see that there's this old wound, like an old um, like a, like an old wound that her, her wrist is a little bit has this weird protrusion from her from her uh, wrist. Uh, yeah, so it looks legit. Yeah. Okay. So she she kind of reaches down. Would you give me a pop as well, please? Yeah. What do you want? Uh, just a uh, is there anything uh, that's caffeine free or free caffeine caffeinated? Caffeinated, please. So we got the Take a bubbly. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, please. Yeah. Yes. So she's so she's reaching down to her to her belt buckle. I'm just gonna have to undo me belt buckle for a moment. Okay. Uh, uh, she looks around to first at Chuckles, then to um, Eagles Dove, then to Wilson, then to Lester Longarm Killjoy. I, I. Perhaps you could lend me some modesty for a moment. I do have to undo my belt buckle. No. I think uh, if you look around, we're all adults here. We've all seen it. We've all seen the package you're carrying. Just give me your purse and stop bitching. It's, uh, uh, it's one corruption for uh, for Wilson. Chuckles will turn around. I will. Let's I will look at her. I will keep an eye on her. If you guys want to turn around, I can keep an eye on Plus her. Plus, she's in the back. I don't believe in her squat down into like the like the position, like when you're in the lineup to uh-huh. like where you're about to go like charge. You're someone. taking a knee. <laughs> no, I'm, like I'm taking the like the squat dance where I'm like this stance. to like ready to charge and like, tackle. Okay, it's stance. Are you gonna give her the modesty she asked for a long arm? No, I'll give her a little room. You will gain one corruption. That's fine. Uh, so she will reach down and she she un, undoes the clasp on this god awful belt buckle, like it's god awful. These bastards! And she kind of reaches down into the waist of her pant, and she pulls out this kind of leather string on the end of this long kind of extended leathery sack that that jingles. It's it's there's at least twenty five jink in here. She says. Oh. You, you can count it, she says, as she kind of... I'll pull out the 20. Uh, well, she's... Oh, hold on. I'm, I can't get the damn... Th- hold on. I have to un- get the knot undone. All right, you're stalling for your friend here, obviously. Let's make sure nobody's coming up behind us. All right. I'll keep an eye out down one path. Well, well, well. <laughs> A man is kind of working the leather of one glove that you can see is knobbed with iron on the knuckles the other side like he's working in a like he's working in a blitzball pitcher's mitt he's what do we have here you're right Thack the man says Shelley says uh they've got they've got me screw pistol and uh, this one's got a a big long knife trained on me and as you turn around you can see there are two people from the alley you had come down with no light a big sword at her neck. I'm about to knock her the fuck out, and then I'm gonna come and take you two out, too. So, give me the damn dog back, and the money. And this all goes away. 
he turns toward deal for me, though, in my opinion. He turns toward his friend whose head is covered in a hood. And the man kind of you can hear a chuckle come from beneath the hood, but you're not sure if it's from a man or a woman. And he looks back toward you and says, Seems like you wandered down the wrong alley tonight, friend. Okay. You're not gonna cut her. If you did, I'll take the side have, of the blade, have, I'll bap her in the side of the head and try and <laughs> knock her out. Oh yeah, easily done. Just whack! He spins around, takes the hilt of the of the weapon and knocks her out. So I will say that um, a real quick interjection uh, is that uh, Slaughter Pine is known for being a fairly lawful town. Although people are certainly uh, allowed to carry weapons openly in the streets. Um, the days of the wild, wild slaughter pine are kind of coming, were coming to its end until the eternal night. Then the night watch just kind of up and have been trying, uh, struggling to, to keep up with whatever is happening in the city. So um, there are clearly, clearly the laws are written for the rich, meant to punish the poor. And isn't necessarily and, and murder is a is a capital crime, obviously, in Slaughter Pine, but it's more of a capital crime for somebody who's born of lower stock to murder somebody of higher stock. So well, um, good. Yeah. So but but just to, just to be clear, um, typically typically um, when it comes to when it comes to knives, or as they would say, or comes it comes to clubs, it's gonna be a pretty brutal fight. If it comes to knives, somebody's going to die. And to carry a weapon on your waist, like a sword, um, in the open is an invitation for... It's, it's an invitation to... Um, it intimidates it intimidates those who are not carrying weapons. It is an invitation for um, violence in other situations. You know how to use that sword, I see, the man says. And you're next. I'll call him out. So, uno momento, por favor. Uh... So you, you you crack her over the head and you knock her out. But what's happening during this time? Like, clearly other things are happening. You were kind of, if I'm not mistaken, you were kind of behind her in the alley, mm -hmm. ready to tap here. So if, if yeah. we can assume that is an example, uh, Wilson is standing in front of her. Mm -hmm. You're behind her? Yeah, like I was going to basically... Yeah, position myself to where if she tried to run at all, I was going to charge her. So, like, I don't, do you mean, like, am I, like, past her? Yeah, you're past her. Yeah, I would be past her. Okay. Because, we, we obviously, we wouldn't want to have surrounded her, you know, because that's yeah. just, you know, blitzball tactics. You surround the target. That's and, right. And then you crush it, right? That's right. Crush. Exactly. <laughs> crush. crush. Yeah, blitzball has a strange mixture of, like, big wooden bats, strange bloated pig sacks, Catchers, mitts, anything without anything as long as it's not a blade is allowed. Clubs, sticks, mm -hmm. thick boots. Mm -hmm. um, where is Eagles Dove in all of this? Like, where are you positioned? I've still been directly next to Wilson. Okay, with the with the lantern. Yeah. Okay. So I'm kind of holding it. I was holding it over her while we were talking to her. Okay. And she now, was supposed to be good cop. <laughs> Good cultist, bad hedge knife. It's only been bad, though, realistically. But I was shocked by the men, so I turned it around the light to okay. see who they were. Okay. Uh, what about Chuckles? Where's Chuckles' position? Chuckles either saw the, the two people first, mm -hmm. or 
is just now like maybe turning around to see them because Chuckles turned around to give her her privacy. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Is it is it possible that Chuckles is strategically positioned behind them? Like maybe they walk by Chuckles without realizing it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. It's also possible that like Chuckles is just now going, oh, what? Okay. Because... You let's know. let's find out. Yeah. How about Chuckles rolls a challenging awareness test? And let's okay. see exactly if they if you saw them before they saw you. Okay. If you succeed, they didn't see you. Challenging awareness will be twenty three. And seventy four won't. Okay. So okay, that makes sense. So um, you crack the the Shelly Thack over the head with the butt end of the of the weapon. And keep in mind. Uh, in this situation, Shelly is helpless. Right. So when somebody's helpless, you have two choices. You can either just kill them with one stroke of the sword or whatever it may be, um, or you can choose to knock them out, which requires no rolls. It's just they're helpless. They can't do anything. They can't resist. You don't have to roll skill test to hit them. They're just in a bad position. Um, so uh, Shelly being knocked out, uh, Wilson turns upon foot, and says what to the man? You're next. All right. Or give me the damn dog. I think it was part. I already, of I already said that, and they've yeah. laughed me off. So, so I'm issuing challenge. <laughs> okay. So let's. We're gonna. So for our viewers and listeners, we're gonna, we'll be back in just a second. For us, we're gonna take a quick five minute break. Okay. So we're set things up. Uh, we're back, and uh, I think that at this point we should probably just jump right into our first fight of a new game um, because it makes the most sense. I mean, things are about to get nasty. And we can just bring this music down and then bring up the battle music. Can we still have the dogs in the background, though? Yep, absolutely. Oh, they are. (laughs) And then down to the battle map. So I, off camera, we actually talked about where everybody is. Of course, you can stand up and look wherever you need to. Um, so as I mentioned before, you are in that dark alleyway, kind of positioned around here. Um, we know where everyone's kind of at. Once again, we have Wilson, who's near Shelly Thack, who he knocked out. And we have Eaglesdove behind them as Lester Longarm. The two river rats are here. And then just adjacent to them in the dark are in fleeting shadows is um, Chuckles. So, who's the top of the initiative list? I am. Lester, okay. You got the initiative dragon there. Yep. So Lester is first. He's going to um, well grab a rock, because why not? I got a rock. You picked up a rock earlier. I did? Okay, so I got the rock already in hand. Then um, the nearest guy, I mean, if yeah, I'm just going to chuck a rock at him then. Okay. So, so uh, uh, hike. It's a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven yards away. Okay. And I have a perception bonus of three. An improvised throwing weapon is one plus PB. Okay. So it'd be my medium range then. Which is fine because uh, I'm a thrower. That's right. So it does have the throwing quality. Do you get medium and long misses with throwing weapons? I do because of my thrower profession. Nice. Okay. So it's uh, so here's your challenge. Yep. Uh, you've got friends in front of you and they're a medium distance so it's going to be a challenging test Sure. to strike the thug. Okay. So 
Simple range. Challenging 46. That's a 20. Success. Nice. Crackalack. Uh, you strike him right in the head. The hooded one. Roll yeah. damage. That's a 3. Plus it'd be pummeling. So that's my brawn bonus. A 4. So 7. Okay. Um, you uh, crack them aside the head and they are currently hurt. Okay. Crack! The rock kind of bounces off their head and hits the nearby... The, 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 the building between you and he goes, Oh, my fucking head! He calls out. I'm gonna then move behind that crate and is it one okay. to take cover or two to take cover? It's two. Okay. But you can move one yard to take... Well, unfortunately, you can't. Yeah, not where you're positioned. Yeah, so then I'll just move position behind the crate. Okay. And then I'll bank my last AP. Okay. Or actually, um, what I'll do is I'll pull out a sling because I have a shepherd sling. Oh, nice. So, for your last AP, you'll pull yep. out Shepard Sling. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Shepard Sling in hand. That way I can throw really far. Yeah, no, that's true. Who's next on the initiative ladder? Oh, that would be uh, Mr. Chuckles. Chuckles. Chuckles is going to wait. Oh, you want to wait? Mm-hmm. Okay, we can do that. So, let's uh, let's let Chuckles pass. Who's yep. next? That would be uh, Wilson. Okay, Wilson. Wilson, you know where your figure is on the combat board here in the alley. Okay. What will you do? Well, I called this one out, right? I guess that's the one I called out. Yep. What happens with issue challenge for the Hedge Knight? Issue challenge, uh, I select one foe and they're defenseless to my um, attacks until nice. until dead, and then I can select the next one. Yeah. So, I will move... <laughs> one, two, three, four, five... Yeah. Uh, I will. I will move up. Okay. And I will attack that person. Okay. You uh, swing your sword toward them. Go ahead and roll the strike as we standard. And that is a critical success. Oh! No. Roll damage. Add one d six on top of it. Remember, if you roll face six, it explodes. points. Nice. Uh, they, uh, you bury the sword. Um, I have a vicious sword. You so. did 12 points? Yeah. Okay. Lightly wounded. Okay. So I rolled two, uh, there, sorry, moderately wounded, my apologies. Okay, so, so roll three. You normally roll, you normally roll, um, so I roll 1d6 on moderate, and because it's vicious, you actually roll 2d6. Let's see if they're injured. Okay. No. Okay. No injury. Okay. Anything else you wish to do? You have one AP left. I'm going to bank that AP. Because okay. I needed to dodge, parry, move, okay. poop. All right, so, uh, who's, who's next on the initial I'd, ladder? I'd like to go now. Oh, you want to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that I wasn't yep. like, putting myself in a situation where I'd be... So flip, him, flip Chuckle's initiative down the ladder. Okay. So <clears throat> Chuckle's now goes after Wilson, right? Yes. Okay. And so... Uh, Chuckles is gonna move. Uh, is gonna hustle up one. Okay. To try and put this uh, river rat in between him and the wall. <laughs> yeah. And he's gonna uh, say, uh, "Repent, repent for what you've done." And uh, he's gonna actually. I was imagining I was holding my cane. I had my knuckle dusters on. He's just gonna say, "Repent for what you've done." Thank <laughs> you. Uh, punch, punch towards his face. So you shove him against the wall and try to punch out. 
Uh, roll a routine test. Okay. A routine simple melee will make it a 61%. Sorry, right here. And a 73 won't do it. Okay. Uh, should I use a coin? Sure. Get, get, get right, two. Let's use a coin. Okay. Reroll. I don't know. I have four mine. Get this thing. And a zero six will succeed. Oh right. man! The first blow, uh, you 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 bury your knuckle dusters and and you kind of pull away with bits of dust and and stucco from where you punch the wall and then you kind of come back and with an uppercut roll damage. As, as I uh, oh, sorry, yell out, repent. <laughs> And that's a six. Nice. Oh, that's a six. explosions. Oh boy. And another six. Oh, wow. oh my god. Somebody's gonna definitely and repent. And a five, so that's holy shit. Uh, so it's twelve. Uh, Seventeen plus five, twenty-two. Uh, both damage and mental peril. <laughs> that's right, because you inflict just peril. How much damage you do? I'm sorry. Uh, twenty-two. <laughs> uh, so. Do you want to kill the river rat, or do you want the river rat to live? Oh, I want the river rat to live. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're going to knock them out, so describe what happens. Uh, so I uh, I punch them once in the face, and they kind of look at me, and I, I punch them in the gut, and as they bowl over, I, I hold them by the hair, and I shove their head against the wall, and I uh, punch their face while it's against the wall. Okay, so it's nice to uh, square in the jaw. That's bean rattle work. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, as they fall bink, down, bink. As, as they fall down, I say, "Good, you repented." <laughs> Good, you repented. Okay, uh, that river rat has been uh, felled. They are currently grievously wounded, and unconscious. Um, so, whose turn is it next? Eagle's Dog, it's your first combat. Yeah. What do you want to do? Alright, so I'm going to use one of my spells here. Uh-huh. Invoke Fury. Okay. So I'm going to go over to Lester. Okay. And I'm going to put ink on his face under his Wilson. eyes. Is it Wilson or... Oh, sorry, Wilson. Sorry. Um, I'm going to Wilson because Wilson's already got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Right there. Okay. So I'm going over to Wilson and I'm putting ink under his eyes and ink on his hands. And so now that I've done that, you can invoke. I'm invoking fury onto you. With the caveat that you have to succeed your skill test to do that because you have to roll to succeed magic. Yes. So, yeah. so here's so first off, let's it, to move over to where um, Wilson is, uh, just to kind of demonstrate here on the combat map uh, for you. Um, what's your movement? Your movement should oh, be. Oh, I need to walk over it. Yeah. Like. So what's your what's your movement on your character sheet? You can basically at the beginning of combat you gain three action points. You can spend an action point to hustle over, so you can move up to six yards or six squares to get to here. So go ahead and move your figure how you think they would move. Right here. Yep. Uh, so just a, a kind of point of, of, of to help. Just always count your squares out. Okay. Just in case. So, so I can't go just right You can't diagonal. move diagonally, no. Okay. No diagonal movement, because it because of the limitations of space. Fine. Okay. 
And then you'll cast your Invoke Fury on Wilson. Uh, all right, so in order to cast Invoke Fury, it's going to be in the middle of combat, so it's going to be a standard test. The question I have for you, because you are a cultist, does the cultist get something they can do with certain magic spells to automatically succeed? Yeah. Do you want to do that, or do you want to roll to succeed? Because if you do that, you'll drop one step down the pro condition track. If I do the, um, what will st- step me down? Uh, the, that would be your professional trait. So we'll hear your trait? Yeah. Um, Cult of personality? Your cult of personality trait will mm-hmm. make it to where you can automatically succeed. If you want to drop down to where from now on you're ignoring all your skill ra- your, your skill ranks. I do not want to do that. You want to just roll dice? Yeah. Okay. So the qu- so it's a standard test. So that means there's no I don't apply any final modifiers. Your te- your your chances to roll are your primary attribute plus your skill rank. So what would your chance to succeed be? What's that percentage chance? Incantation next to incantation. Okay. So 47, 57. I have to roll under 57. You do 57 or under. So you basically almost have a 50-50 chance. The question I have for you, channel. if you're not going to use cult of personality, if you're not going to use cult of personality, would you like to channel power? Remember what happened in the previous game yes. when we tested this? If I channel power and I... It and makes I, it easier. It makes it easier, but also if I fail, then something chaotic will happen. Yes. Well, you mean something fun will no, happen. No, yeah, it just hap- it, it'll happen whether you succeed or fail. It's just a matter of what you roll your six-sided dice along with that. I would like to channel okay. power. So let me help you with your action points. So it's one to move, one to hustle over. Okay. One to channel power. Right. And one to cast. So that means you have you can't do anything else once you choose these actions this turn. Okay. Okay? So do you want to channel power for one step, two steps, or three steps? For every step you channel by, it's plus 10% to succeed. But also the steps I go up higher, the more chaotic and mm-hmm. the, the higher chance to yeah. my... The higher chance, yes. <laughs> uh, let's do two steps. Two steps? Yeah. Okay. So that will make your chance... Instead of 57, it'll be 77% chance to succeed. However, you must roll 2d6 with this, and you automatically gain 2 corruption. So think about it this way. It's just 2. Yes, it's just 2. But think about it this way. Basically, what happens when you channel power is you're kind of reaching deeper from the magical well where all of your magic power comes from. You're actually calling to gods whose names you don't know. You're literally tearing a rift between the material realm and into some other place you don't know. So it's like you're dialing the hotline of a devil you don't know. You yeah. Answer your calling. So uh, we'll see if they answer and what happens. So you have seventy seven percent chance to succeed. So your percentiles and your d sixes together. Okay. Yep. Roll all ones. Handful of. Dice. Oh, I need to do two d sixes. Yep. Right. It's okay. two steps. Oh. Got one coin left. So it looks like you failed that roll, but do you want to re-roll with the coin? Yeah, go ahead. It's your first combat. Come on, use the last coin. <laughs> okay. It's your, it's your first combat. Okay, let's do it. It gives me. It gives. It. It'd be fair. Yeah, you don't me. have to. She doesn't have to re-roll the yeah. the corruption or the yeah, everything oh. has to be re-rolled. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, I didn't. I just kind of set you up there. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Ah. Oh! <laughs> 
Oh. No, you succeeded. You succeed the oh, test, right? Wait, so I thought the sixes are bad. Yeah. No, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. So, so the way this works Sonic. is when you channel power. Sonic. If you roll, <laughs> because you have cruel tutelage, if you roll a one or a six on your six-sided dice, something chaotic can happen. But you can still succeed your skill test regardless. Okay, so I did succeed. So you succeed your skill test with a zero A. So the scale. The, so. You now have Invoke Fury. Okay. Well, since that means your next attack does an additional how much? 1d6. Fury die. It should say so right here. Yes, what's the effect? Okay, so the effect is uh, he may add a 1d6 Fury die to their next total damage roll. Nice. So yeah, so you'll keep that consideration, but we know that you also invoke some sort of weird chaos stuff. Mm -hmm. So, roll percentiles once again. This is just a straight roll. Tell me what your results are. Okay. I'm not rolling towards anything that I know. No, okay. no it's on my secret table. 73. Oh, high's always bad. <laughs> You're going to grow a third arm. As you have tapped too deeply into the subtle warp and weft of magic, you've overchanneled. You've reached too deep into the well. The next time you choose, whenever you choose to uh, channel power again, you have to roll an additional 1d6 on top of what you're already rolling. So anytime you try to channel again in the future for the next three hours, you have to add an additional d6 no matter what, okay. which can get worse. So you, you're, you're over-channeled. Almost not as bad. Little so. arms and stuff growing. <laughs> Extra fingers. <laughs> Those are the cool ones. Yeah. Let me write this down real quick. Let me get this on my side. I do love the Witcher soundtrack. Okay, oh, so. Yeah, so your turn is over. Yeah. Who's next on the initial ladder? Oh. I guess I should have rolled initiative for them, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Let's just put them at the bottom. Okay, well, then I just that guy. Then okay. I just those, uh... Well, as okay. you proceed to drop one, and the other one is literally, literally just one left, and they catch wind, or catch sight, of what Eaglesdorf does, and can see this weird little tear... Like in the fabric of reality, like, like imagine like a zipper that opens into pure chaos. What's beyond the zipper? Like, what's beyond the material realm? What, what would, if we were watching this happen, what do we see beyond the tear in reality? Who's Eagles Dove calling to? So Eagles Dove will tear the reality, and once you can see inside, it just looks like space nebulas, but you could hear screams. <laughs> <laughs> and but they're they're like guttural screams, like not like a woman's scream. They're like just a deep like like a I can't do it because I can't get my voice that deep, but a deep man scream. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that right. that's the but that's what it looks like. The inside is just looks like looks like the bright colors of space. Like mm -hmm. you got some purples and greens, but then a lot of darkness, like a vanta black darkness. Mm, yeah, and the 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 screams subside as 
the the fa the fabric reality is restored with these strange electric sutures in the air. They disappear before your eyes um, as you now invoke fury. Uh, I'm going to rip you in half. <laughs> 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 and uh, and the river rat looks both ways, like anticipating, like for a moment, assessing the situation. Like, how are they going to make it out of here? They have no clue. So, uh, being as close as you are to them, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, he is. going to pull out his blunderbuss and the last thing that you hear is oh fuck and then there's this boom sound and suddenly everyone is blinded by this flashing of light and you can smell gunpowder and gravel and smoke and fire over, well, all the way through there. So one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six, seven, eight, within six, nine. Two. Yeah. So down the alleyway, the shot. Everybody gets is going to get potentially blasted with the blunderbuss. Um, yeah, I could have taken cover. I think because uh, I got all these coins, I'm going to probably take aim for two, just to sure, you know sure, sure. make sure I really hit you all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and. Uh, and, uh, oh boy. You can't dodge your very... Uh, I don't know. Uh, so you can defend against this. Oh. No. Potentially, yeah, because you have a shield. Others cannot. Um, <clears throat> and, uh... Get small, get small. And, uh... <laughs> you do the Captain America thing where you yeah. jump up and you, like, His chance, and I just want to kind of show off, like, if you're looking down the alley, like, yeah. blam, everybody there. So that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Um, so we're gonna turn it this way, so you all can see this clearly. He's just kind of firing down the alleyway. Yeah, His yeah. chance to strike while taking aim is seventy-five. He's got this. So um, I rolled fifty-nine. All right. Um, so unfortunately for Lester Longarm and Eagles Dob. There's nothing you can do to avoid this attack. Yeah. Did you bank an AP? I did. Wilson? Okay. So you can attempt you can so you can save AP's action points between your turns mm -hmm. to attempt to defend against melee attacks and ranged attacks. In this case it's a ranged attack. Because he held on to an AP and he has a shield, he can attempt to get out of the way, but gun gunshots typically you can't defend against unless you have a shield. Um, so, in your case, you may make a hard, um, simple melee test. Okay. So, that's a 42%. I roll with 34. Nice! So, you're not shot. Everybody else is. Um. Sorry. <laughs> you could you had your shield, you could have shielded me too. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah. I'm not. That, that professional. If he had a man in arms profession, he could actually do that for you. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I rolled a one, uh, and I explode on a one because it's gunpowder. Uh, so that's one damage plus five. I'm going to explode that too. Why not? Uh, so we'll call it a six. So six plus one, seven. Uh, plus five is 12. Um, 
plus six is 18 damage. So you suffer 18 damage equals Dav. And uh, that's to your damage threshold. And Lester Longarm Killjoy suffers 18 damage. And... This one, that one, and that one. So you're going to move a total of one, two, three steps down the damage condition track. Go ahead, run. And that oh, okay. right here. So I'm seriously wounded. Yes, you are. Oh, you are. I'm seriously wounded. So if you're seriously wounded, I need you both to roll a d6, 2d6 cast dice. If it lands on phase six, you suffer a persistent injury. One and a five. You really need to. Oh those, no! Those six. You need to get different dice for being a magic user. <laughs> <laughs> so these are both really bad, right? The one and the six. Well, no, the six. The six is. If it lands on face six, you just suffered an injury. This little garbage ones. This is my yeah. garbage dice. Never roll six. <laughs> well, Eagles Dog, it wouldn't be your first game session without. An injury. Conjuring some chaos and then suffering an, an a. Uh, <laughs> A serious injury. So yeah. go ahead and roll yeah. percentiles again. Oh, so sorry. Okay. Eighteen. Okay. Good. Low's good. Low's good. Oh, low's good. Don't ever roll a hundred. Because <laughs> it means you move up to the next table. <laughs> go ahead and roll it again. It's 99 and 100, right? Go to the next uh, table. It could even be a little bit under that, too. I don't remember the exact... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a long time since we've... Since since I've seen somebody... It's always Adam that does that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Did that you rolls more 100s. If, if that was a powerful thing to roll, he would be doing really well. <laughs> Di- digitally, though, I, I didn't struggle with that problem. Yeah. yeah, digitally you're And fine. whenever I'm a GM, I, my dice perform fantastically. But as a player, you're a hundred rolling mm. some. Yeah, you roll a lot of hundreds. Mm. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, good to be like back. Vegas odds, <laughs> like in your it, like, too good to be true. A lot of hundreds. So, uh, Eaglesdorf, <laughs> the bits of gravel that were kind of stuffed in the end of this blunderbuss um, bury itself, and you're now suffering from a busted kneecap. Oh, oh no. That is a persistent injury, and you are bleeding. Eagle's Dot begins to bleed, uh, which means you'll need to be bandaged up. But more importantly, a busted kneecap until you fully recuperate from it uh, means that anytime you fail any agility based or brawn based skill tests, you suffer 2d10 plus 2 peril. Mm. So you're kind of. And I put it all in your card, by the way. Okay. That card should be your, your injury track. Um, so yeah, uh, that's your end because it's a serious injury. You gain another six conf- six corruption uh, because whenever you suffer injuries, you are invariably impacted by it. Um, it will it will you will carry that injury with you for the rest of your life. Um, at least the impact after effects of it. So as he l- loses the shot, takes aim for two, fires for one after I use two action points there. Um, I've got technically two action points remaining. And here's what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, he technically has the shotgun bang trait, 
which means he can reload that thing for free without having to spend action points, but that's not what he's going to do. The River Rat knows that he is clearly outclassed, outnumbered, needs to get the fuck out of here. So he's going to try to knock Wilson down, first and foremost. He needs to get out of here to make sure Wilson doesn't, doesn't like swipe at him when he tries to run away. So um, if we're looking down here, so Wilson, um, he's going to attempt his, uh, he's going to make a coordination test. Um, but he's going to take aim for that one last AP he has. So he'll take aim for one AP and trim to knock down. So his chance to strike, his chance to strike um, is uh, 60% to succeed. Okay. Um, I rolled a 79. I'll spend a coin to re-roll that. He's not going to be able to get away now. I see that one coin left. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you gave me all your coins, everybody? Um, <laughs> Uh, 27, he's struck. So you can attempt to resist uh, with a challenging athletics test. 49, 72. I did not make it. Oh. So but I will also use a coin. Should we roll? Okay, I'll take that coin. Please hand me the coin. Sorry. Thank you. No, it's okay. <laughs> and I will use another no, coin. You cannot do that. <laughs> Once you fail, you fail. So. At first, Wilson, like, kind of, what, what does this bit? And then finally, the river rat drops down with the smoldering barrel of the blunt, the blunderbuss still in hand. He sweeps out from underneath Wilson, and Wilson <coughs> falls prone onto the ground. And then he proceeds to fucking run. Uh, sorry, charge. Away. He's going to get the hell away. He's going to try to get, he's in the exit stage left. So, in order for him to do this successfully... It's not going to be easy. He still has to get past Chuckles. So he's going to charge. Or not, he'll hustle. Chuckles with the knuckles. Chuckles with the knuckles. And uh, what we're going to see on the battle map for everybody's aid here. So he's knocked down Wilson Phillips here. And, um, sorry, Wilson. The fuck am I wrong with you? Wilson, Wilson Thornton. Wilson. <laughs> and he is he's moderately wounded. He's like, oh, I'm out of here. Uh, he's going to go... One, two, three, four, five, six, and as he's cr- as he's crawling over the barrels, like he's trying to get the hell away, that actually gives Shuckles an opportunity for a counterattack. And this test is easy because his back is turned towards you. He's crawling over barrels, trying to just scramble away. All right, so an easy will be a seventy-one percent. And a 28 will succeed. Nice. Roll damage. Okay. See if you can stop him dead in his tracks. Uh, five. We got a coin. Yes. Because they got to go Plenty big. Plenty of coins. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we're going to turn that into a six so it explodes. Okay. And then a two. So eight plus uh, five is t- uh, 13. Um, and if it means anything, it also inflicts 13 mental peril as well. Seriously. How much... Uh, as I say, as I say uh, uh, thief, repent. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> grievously wounded. Um, before you scramble all the barrels, let's see what happens. Roll 3d6. Okay. Chaos dice. Let's see if he suffers an injury. Alright. And he does. He does. I rolled two sixes. So one two sixes. So, tell me. <laughs> Is he dead, or is he knocked out? <laughs> He's knocked out. 
Okay. He is not dead. As the river rat is literally <laughs> scrambling away over the barrels, um, he does not escape. It all kind of comes to a quick close as you bring these three river rat cur. You bring these three river rats quickly to heal, but not without some sore memories of what's happened. As you look to Eagle's Dob, she is bleeding profusely from the leg. When you are bleeding, to be clear, if you are not bandaged up within a number of minutes equal to your equal, if you're not bandaged up within a minute number of minutes equal to your bronze bonus, you will bleed to death. This, do, you, do you have a bandaid? I do not have any bandages. Is anyone else? I have <laughs> bandage is what I meant yeah, to say. Bandage. Yeah, bandage. So yeah, so basically what that means I for do. you, Sarah, is not only do you have that injury, but when you suffer an injury, you always begin to bleed. Mm -hmm. And when you start bleeding, that's when your life's blood is pouring on the ground and you will bleed to death unless somebody bandages you up. So when you use a bandage? He's got one. Okay. Oh, that's it. You're gone. That's the, the, the one. <laughs> so... So Wilson comes up and quickly begins to, to get you bandaged and almost immediately chuckles as you assess the situation of a skill rank and heal. You know that she has suffered from a busted kneecap and she's clearly injured. Like you can feel this pain right underneath your kneecap. Like it, you've got bits of boot nails and gravel rails. They stuffed inside this blunderbuss that just like impacted the inside of your leg. It looks really fucking nasty. Um, you're gonna need to be treated, which is a whole other thing beyond band being bandaged. Because injuries, injuries, so damage can be restored by being healed by somebody who has the right skill, or by uh, taking laudanum. Uh, damage does not heal naturally by sleeping. Peril does, but damage does not. In the case of injuries, injuries are really bad. They last for days or perhaps weeks, but they must be treated properly. Uh, by somebody who can do it. Okay. Probably they have the appropriate tools. Your knee is injured. You should not put any weight on it. And then I uh, uh, drag the one that tried to get away over, and I sign at her, did he see what um, you did? Did he see the tear? Oh, the di are you asking if the river rat saw the tear? Mm -hmm. He saw the tear. And uh, I, uh, I say, you want to do it or do you want me to? Do what? Of course. And <laughs> I, uh, I, I take this man's head and I put it in between uh, two barrels and I kick the back of the neck in order to kill him. Mm. Whoa, whoa! It's nine corruption. Yep. I would have... Which, not Shelly Fact, just one of the, the river rats. Saw the the river rat who saw the terror. Not the one I knocked out, but the... Oh, shit. Okay. The one that tried to run and shot out the blunderbuss? <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I, I asked her... If he saw the tear. Yeah. So you I see. To see that. You see that Chuckles murders this person in the alley. Uh, you know. Okay. That you one broke its neck when it was on the barrels. 
I guess. That one. We can ask that one questions. Okay. The other two are the other two are incapacitated. <clears throat> They're unconscious. Shelly Thack is lying on the ground. If you can imagine, like stars and birds spinning above her head, and the person with the hood, the hood's been pulled off their face. It's this bald-headed, kind of um, Flint Flintstone-looking, square-jawed, like five o'clock shadow dipshit with a broad nose that's been busted too many times and a big black eye, and cauliflower ears. You imagine this man's probably some sort of pit fighter. Let's let's see some lots of scuffles. How close is the, uh, the, the the local watch station? I'm going to check to see if they have whistles as well. Uh, uh, yeah, so you kind of get underneath there and you realize they both have, they all have these long kind of, almost like, they would look like dog whistles when you, you mean blow it just a little bit, like it's clearly like a normal whistle. It's meant to be disguised as a dog whistle. Yeah, I'm going to take them off them. I'm going to put one on. Snack, snack. You want this one? <clears throat> you pulled off. Yeah, I want one. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So all so put a signal whistle on your on your trappings. Pick yeah. that bunderbuss up too. Where's this back here with Shelly? Where's this door that uh, enters into the kitchen? So uh, she was on the left hand side of the alley. The door she was talking about was in the opposite alley. Oh, it's over here. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so they were talking. We still got to get the dog. That one fell. We'll turn the other two into the watch. I pick up Shelly. Let's go to the door. So, we got a plan. Like, uh, we open the door, we ask I'm gonna for knock the on the door, I'm going to throw Shelly in. I'm going to ask for the dog back. I'm going to say, we've had a bad night. They've had a worse one. Give me the fucking dog already. So your intention is to go to the door and see who answers. Yep. Okay. Uh, you throw Shelly Thack over your shoulder. Who has the other river rat? I'll take the other one. Okay. Okay. Trade them the people for the dogs. Is that the idea? <laughs> Be my plan. I would grab that blunderbuss and if he's got a pistol or something like that, yeah, I'm gonna take, down. <laughs> take it away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the one that there was only one blunderbuss. Uh, yeah. The other one is armed with knuckle dusters. Okay. Shelly Thack has a screw pistol. Yeah. So, and which um, he's already got. You also and you find a four shot between all of them. Okay. If you're two. I don't, I don't go, go through their things. Also, sorry, I should mention that there's also at least twenty shilling among them plus. Because coins are a thing in this game. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. just take the 20 for what's her name, but. Um, but they have coins. But if you want to like rifle through their pockets, do you want to do that? Let's take this. You know, I mean, them? Luster's not a I was just going to give all the money to shout, to, to the, the girl anyway. Isla. 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 Didn't Shelly have a knife on her too? She did, yes. She's a stiletto. Oh. Put that in my boot. Mm-hmm. Taking everything. So, this if you're going to start, everything. so if you start scrounging through their things, you need to account for their encumbrance. So let's let's yeah. let's let's sequence this because we're doing a lot of things at once. The first sequence of events is if you're going to root through their pockets and loot them, we need to account for encumbrance because it will impact your initiative and future initiative. So, does somebody want to take the blunderbuss? Either that or we break it. I can take it. Yeah. So, uh, to be clear, a blunderbuss 
uh, is three encumbrance. They don't want to take the four shot. Yes. Okay. So I mean, I can put that on. I have yep. Take down the four shot. You want me to take the stiletto? Yes. Who's taking it? One. Stiletto's a one. <clears throat> yep. Stiletto is, is one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. And it's, uh, and are fast, vicious, and weak. Yeah. Um, knuckle dusters? You want to take those? I'm good. I already have them. <clears throat> okay. Coins? You want to take those? Up to you guys on the coins. I mean, we're going to have to pay for a doctor, so... Yeah, I'm I'll taking take the them. coins. Very true. Okay, uh, you find uh, that there are 22 shilling in addition to the 20 you found. Sorry, 22 brass pennies. I'm so sorry. 22 brass pennies and 6 shilling. So 26 shillings, 22 brass that's, pennies. That's right. So they must have got... They must have got... All right, they probably caught Isla on a lucky day. Right. Yeah. This was pure happenstance. Yeah. Right. But they were clearly, as Shelley mentioned... Looking for dogs. Yes, for some... Weird, unknown reason. Bizarre reason, that's right. Well... We'll find out in just a moment, though. Don't actually care about the bizarre reason, just want the dog back. Okay. <clears throat> Is there anything you wish to do before you go... You wish to do outside of that before you go to the door? You guys all ready for this? If I can find any rope or twine, I'll tie them up. That way they are as helpless as they look. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You can do that. So you need to tie them up. Yeah, I'm not sure there's enough garbage to produce whatever I have to use to. I have to go. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well let's, uh, well, let's do this. Let's end the game uh, as you come to the door. We'll wrap up for this evening right here. Um, so, everyone, uh, we played for three hours. So, 75 reward points. Same place where you wrote down all the things that you'd get for your profession. It's, uh, this so, um, you know what? Let's actually not do that. Let's just do an advance every game session. Okay, sure. Yeah, just instead of instead of writing down reward points, we're just gonna just buy something on your character sheet or on your second sheet. So we're not we're not gonna let's not do reward points this time. Let's just do like every time we end a game, you get you can buy something on your character sheet. Like you buy something on your second sheet there that you have or you don't already have. Like you yeah, so you've already bought yours. Like you could buy a new like you could buy a new magic spell if you wanted to, even though it's not listed there. You can buy it as a unique advance if you want to explore your spell book more. Okay. It's up to you. It's gate pressure. What's up? Gate crash. Uh, that's where you get the plus three if you aim. Yeah. Okay. So in patrol walls, I can't be. We uh, also know. Flanked, right? Yeah. We also know. We'll be done in five minutes here, so let's bear with me for a second. We start recording stats. We need to. We need to account for corruption tonight. Yes. Yeah. Um. So around going around the table, real quickly. How many corruption do you have? Ten. Oh boy. How much do you have? Eleven. Oh. So you just go up. Hold on. One? Lester? Oh, I have one. She's understand why. That's why oh, I'm walking okay. through this. So, I'm going to roll a die. If you have ten corruption already, you automatically get one chaos rank and you're done. But if you have eleven corruption, you could potentially get two corruption, two oh. chaos ranks. So you go ahead and fill in the circle. Alright, so I'm already here. And then get rid of that ten, so you have one left. Okay. Yeah. And so if he rolls a one, then you gain yet another one. Yeah. Cool. So tonight's corruption roll is eight. 
You're fine. You're you fine. Just stay at that. Point. Yep. So okay. just mark yourself to zero. Corruption, or it's mark all your mark all your corruption off for the next game session. Um, uh, we obviously had a lot happen tonight to characters. Um, I think let's skip the post game because we do need to wrap up. But um, we'll resume next week with Memento Mori. We'll pick up back at the door of Aramor's parlor. And we will see what happens. Thank you for coming out and playing. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Sorry.